This episode of the Carol Chronicles is brought to you by the Boku Pop Aurora Fundraiser Event. Please join them on September 1st, 2012 from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. at Collectibles Etc. for a fundraiser to benefit those affected by the Aurora, Colorado shooting. Collectibles Etc. is located in the shopping center on Locust Hill Drive in Lexington, Kentucky. A silent art auction will be held and customers will also have the chance to donate by buying artwork from local artists. All proceeds for the fundraiser will be given directly to all seized collectibles of Aurora, who will then take the contributions and add them to the Aurora Rise Benefit event to assist and aid the victims and victims' families. If you are not local but still want to help donate, there is a link on the right side of the Boku Pop blog at bokupop.blogspot.com where you can help out online because there's no such thing as too much help. Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The PKD Black Box presents The Carol Chronicles. This is John Carroll, and you're listening to a special edition of the PKD Black Box's Carroll Chronicles. Uh, This is actually going to be an episode that's about to be split into two parts to be distributed for the Sports Noise feed. What you've got today is a combination podcast of the college football preview and the NFL preview. On the College Football Preview, it's just myself and Sean Pryor. We recorded this uh, a little over a week ago, right after Tyron Matthew was kicked off the LSU football team. The follow-up to that was recorded a week later. It is the NFL Preview. That's myself, Sean, and a good friend of mine, Glenn Ring, and also Zach Cruzy. We tried to wanted to recreate as much as possible the recording last year. However, Chris Campbell couldn't be on. And unfortunately, neither could uh, Chad Burdett. And so we recorded anyway. Uh, It was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, Glenn's, uh, he kept having massive problems with his mic. And as usual lately, I I had my mic placement too close to my nose. So you hear a lot of me going... Yeah, I apologize for that. Uh, and but that's it. I uh, hope you all enjoy the the recording. And if you have any comments, as always, drop me a line at uh, on the Twitter at j o n underscore c a r r o l l. You can hit up Sean at at pkd media. Uh, that's it. Have a great one, y'all. Enjoy. And we are now on with the beginning of the. Combination sports noise, and later on we'll be using this for the Carol Chronicles for the PKD feed. Uh, Since it's only a couple of weeks away, we're going to be talking college football this week. Uh, A little bit later on, I'll be joined by Sean Pryor of PKD Media, uh, the president of Action Lab Entertainment, a general sports fan like myself, but also we've got a friend of mine on here. His name is Glenn, and he's a Huge SEC Homer fan. He's an Alabama fan. Talk about yourself, Glenn. Uh, yeah, I grew up in, in Birmingham, so I'm a lifelong Alabama fan and follower of the SEC football and just a general lover of college football. 
Yeah, uh, grew up in Birmingham. Not not as big a UAB fan as you might think, but uh, oh, did you see uh, South Alabama will be joining the Sun Belt this year? Yeah, I was, I was reading about that. Um, when I actually went to UAB, and when I went to UAB when UAB was in the Sun Belt, and they didn't even have a football program, and, and it, UAB didn't either at the time. And I think they've kind of taken the the track that UAB is is adding football. Yeah, a lot of team, a lot of people are adding football. Uh, South Alabama, Western Georgia, Kentucky, Georgia State, or Georgia Southern, something like that. Western Kentucky did that too, I think. I don't know if they had a football program back in the day either. No, it's all about the money. It's all right. about the money. Yeah. Uh, now we were just talking a little bit before the call about the uh, incident that happened with LSU. I think it's really going to make them vulnerable. At, to uh, teams like Arkansas when they have to play them, and that's well, I don't maybe Florida. I think do they play Florida this year? No, they do not. Lucky them. Well, yeah, I don't think Florida's gonna be that good anyway. But uh, Georgia, that game against Georgia, it they it's gonna be tough. I think they played them this year. Let me look at the schedule real quick. Yeah, I had LSU potentially going. To the uh, yeah, LSU plays Florida. They play Florida every year. Oh yeah, that's right. They're there. Yeah, I was about to say. Wait a minute, that's their opponent in the other side. I, w- I was thinking Alabama. They don't have Alabama. Florida doesn't have Alabama this year. Yay for them. Let's see the other teams LSU plays this year. Let's look at their let's look at their schedule. Uh, no, they don't. They play South Carolina and Tech. Let me see. And who's their other one? Florida, yeah. So it looks like when they decided to do it this year, it's like, hey, look, you play one rotating against the other side, and then you play everybody in your own side. Right. Because LSU's schedule's pretty easy other than South Carolina, who – it's South Carolina. Who knows what the old ball coach will be doing that week. It, but but I always consider when I'm talking about LSU the less miles factor because it seems like there's always one game that he screws up. I could be at Texas A&M this year, though. Right. Because yeah, they've, you know, they've got a nice little run here. South Carolina, Texas A&M, and Alabama. And they, then State, which will be a little better than people think, and I think Ole Miss will be a little better than people think this year. Yeah, I think if they can get through that one run, they'll be all right. It's just that, it's, it's just that, uh, that time you're talking about with Alabama, LSU, and Florida. I mean, Florida. In South Carolina. Now, doing your research, was there any teams that jumped out at you, being that you thought, "Oh, really? They're going to be good." Um, I guess I guess the one thing I keep seeing was Florida State. Yeah, I saw that too, and it's like, well, they've got a lot of people back. Uh, I think it's something like seventeen players back. Yeah, fifteen, seven on offense, seven on defense. Yeah, but it, yeah, it, it's it's still Florida State and Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. Well, it, it seems like Florida, uh, Florida, the, the the modern era of Florida post Bobby Bowden. That it, it before it was, you know. Uh, whether or not they could beat Miami and Florida was whether what the 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 banner for the Florida State season. But now, 
one or two wins that they or losses that they shouldn't have. Yeah. But they, they seem to they seem to be up for the big games, but then lose some weird game that they have no business losing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's I don't know. I, I think they're supposedly had a good recruiting class this year. They had the number one overall recruiting class in the ACC. And I was just looking at some of their stuff, and it's like eh, I don't see. I think Clemson's going to outscore them, even though I don't think Clemson's going to be all that great. I think Clemson might go nine and three, ten and two, this upcoming year. Yeah. Well, and I think I think. Kind of what you're talking about, Florida State. That's that's how I'm looking at college football in general. I I'm not sure if there's going to be an um, undefeated team this year. I think this is this would have been actually been a good year for the four team playoff because I think you might have one undefeated team, but then you're going to have a whole stack of one loss teams, and it's going to be deciding which one loss team gets the other spot spot if there's an undefeated team. Yeah, I I don't know. I think Alabama could is likely to go undefeated. I mean, their big tough games are Arkansas and Alabama, as you. I'm sorry, and uh, LSU, but I don't think they're going to have any problem with Arkansas as usual and LSU. I mean, looking at their schedule, they play Michigan. That'll be tough. Then they've got Kentucky, Western Kentucky. I mean, then they play Arkansas. Then nothing until the LSU game. So they can get through Michigan and at Arkansas, which that's going to be the tough game is the Arkansas game. It will be pretty easy for them to win out. What do you think? Yeah. SEC, whether it be our SEC West has, it has an advantage over the East in the SEC championship game. Yeah, to say they've got, you know, uh, that will be a little tougher. I mean, if they have to play South Carolina coming out of the uh, East, I think it'll be easy for them. Georgia will be a tough matchup because they've got a good, they've got a good quarterback at Georgia. We'll talk about it a little bit, but I've actually got Georgia predicted to win the uh, East this year. Uh, but I was flipping through, uh, USC, I think, could be the only other team to potentially go undefeated. I mean, looking at their schedule, the only team that I see that given that will be tough for them is Oregon. Because, yeah. Or Oregon and Stanford. Stanford seems to have USC's number. Yeah, but Stanford doesn't. I mean, yeah, they've got a couple of those running backs back, but their ba- their best tight end graduated. Um, and somebody named Andrew Luck left. Yes, he left. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's our, it, it's Stanford. I I mean, yeah, they've got some coaches. I but I think they'll. I think also teams are going to be out for a little bit of blood because I mean they ran. They were kind of snotty early when they were uh, when they had luck and everybody there. Plus, there's some better teams in the. Uh, this year, because uh, you've got Rich Rod at where Arizona State, and then where he ended up. Yeah, yes. Uh, our, no, uh, Washington State has the the Mad Pirate from Texas Tech, and yeah, the, the Pac-10 will be interesting this year because Stan- Stanford plays Oregon the next to last game of the season. Yeah, although this surprised me. Uh, USC's last game is not against UCLA this year. It's against Notre Dame. Right. 
know, I was expecting it to be Notre Dame as it usually is. But. Yeah, if you if you look at if you look at the USC schedule, they've kind of got their hard games sprinkled out and supposed to um, here and there, or, or, or one concentration of they've got they've got their hard games kind of spread out. Yeah, third week they've got Stanford, then nothing in October. I mean, yeah, Cal, Utah, Washington, Colorado, and Arizona. As long as they can avoid injuries, they should win all those games. Uh, then they've got Oregon. And then they've got nothing until um, UCLA, I think, will be an improved team this year, but I don't think it's still in USC's uh, class. And then, then they would probably have to play Oregon again in the, the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, so that'll be a rematch two week. Yeah. yeah. But let's be honest. uh I mean, that's going to be at USC, so they're going to play Oregon twice at home. Where is the Pac-12 championship game? Uh, I think they – don't they do it at the uh, team's – the number one team's home field? Don't they do it there, or do Uh, they do it geographically? I I, I guess so, because they they had mentioned something about – something about playing at at USC twice, so I guess it, it is the home field thing. Yeah, because it was at Autzen last year, so yeah. yeah. Let me see if the other gentleman, yep, he is on. And let me add him in. Yo. Yo, Mr. Pryor, sorry, it still shows you as offline. Oh, uh, that's why yeah. I didn't try and add you in. Oh, oh, yeah, I always list myself as invisible, so when um, people try to call in, they don't call, you know, they, they say, oh, okay, Sean's offline. So uh, it's just easier that way. That threw me off because I didn't bother to even look at your name on there because it's like, oh, he's still offline. Oh, wait, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's all okay. good, man, no worries. All right, we were, uh, myself and Glenn, we're talking a little SEC in general topics. Uh, as he introduced himself, Sean is a, grew up in Birmingham, huge Alabama fan, and general SEC guy. <laughs> Say hello. Howdy. I did not grow up in Birmingham. No, 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 no. Oh. Not you, Sean. Okay. Glenn. I thought you said Glenn, Sean. Yeah. I said, no, I said, Sean, Glenn. Oh, Sean. Hey, you nice to up. meet you, Glenn. Hey, nice. Hey, how's it going? Doing good, doing good, sir. You grew up in the home of Mac Country. Yeah, but I was born. I was born in the South um, for the first four years. I was I was in Georgia in uh, Valdosta, GA. But yeah, but pretty much Midwest football was what I was raised on. You are correct, sir. Three yards and a cloud of dust. Woody Hayes, baby. Yes, option for days. <laughs> option football. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I guess the uh, since we've got everybody on here, we'll talk the what was going to be the main the uh, main topic. The SEC has just been dominating football lately. Yeah, I mean, uh, what it, I mean as a guy who grew up in basically the upper mid the lower Midwest in Kentucky. I mean, what have been your observations of it, Sean? Um, well, when it comes when it comes to football. Honestly, especially like especially over like the last five or six years, it may have even been longer than that. What I've just noticed is that SEC has the speed, they have the power, 
they always have all the utilities to just constantly compete. It's such a competitive, you know, conference in general. Um, you look at a team like Alabama. Um, Alabama is a perfect example. Um, and, and I'm sure you, you know, you all are well aware of this. Dominating run game, a almost NFL caliber style defense. It doesn't matter who's under center. Honestly, it does not matter. Um, name me an Alabama quarterback in the last decade that could honestly start in the NFL. It does not matter who's under that center. As long as they have two excellent running backs and a defense that will just obliterate anybody, you know, they compete. It's the same with LSU. With LSU. It's just, a, in fact, a, a mix of just a, an assembly of wonderful talent that comes together and is and is always ready to play. I mean, the SEC has NFL caliber talent constantly, constantly. Doesn't matter what the school, um, even even the smaller schools that might even the I'm sorry, not smaller, but the lesser talented schools in the SEC um, have players that could probably do well somewhere else. But um, I mean, like I, I I you know I live in Lexington. I, I see University of Kentucky football all the time. Um, I think sometimes people have a uh, have an overinflated expectation of what UK football should do. Um, I mean, UK football ha- even has problems bringing in three-star recruits because even three-star recruits will go elsewhere. Um, so sometimes I think their expectations are a little bit too high. It's just too, there's too many talented schools in this conference. And, and even with the addition of Texas A&M and, and Missouri, I think those schools are in for a very rude awakening football-wise when they come to the SEC. And, uh, but yeah, that's, that's my take. Yeah. I mean, what, as a Alabama Homer, what do you think of that, Glenn? Well, I was, I was really looking at the, they've, they've come up big in these championship games. They're, they're eight and one in the, in the BCS championship game. And the one is when Alabama and LSU played each other. And if you look at the, (laughs) if if you look at, if you look at the, the last six teams that won, they're all they've all been really good teams that have been well very well coached. The only fluke in there might be Auburn. Auburn could have easily been a three loss team, but they had the app Your mic cut out yeah. Your mic's cutting in and out a little bit, Glenn. Oh, hang on. Yeah, I mean you're it, I yeah, that Alabama, that Auburn team was severely flawed. I mean, that was Tommy Tuberville's recruits and Gene Chizik, who is not a very good head coach. <laughs> but you had Cam Newton, and he covered up a lot of... Yeah, Cam Newton, yeah, they paid Cam a good amount of money to come there. They should have lost that. Um, they should have lost the Alabama game. They were down by 24, and but he just single-handedly brought them back. But... but I- <sighs> Glenn, your mic keeps cutting out. Uh, may want to change the port on it. <sighs> yeah, listening to the, I mean, <sighs> Sean, you live up in. And he's like, yeah, you're talking about how, yeah, you can, you guys have a trouble getting three star recruits there in California, in uh, Kentucky. Think about a team like, I don't know, Vanderbilt. Dude, Vanderbilt football wise is out recruiting Kentucky now. And that should tell you something. Vanderbilt is at least mildly competitive in the SEC. Now, remember when they used to be the joke of the SEC? They used to be the laughing stock of the of SEC football. 
they're still though they're still no. no better than a six win team. But that's the whole thing though. Dude, Vanderbilt honestly, Vanderbilt would never no one would ever think Vanderbilt could win six or seven games in the SEC season. I mean, in, in the SEC, in the season of football, no one would think that Vanderbilt could win six or seven games. Now they can at least do that. And to me, in my eyes, that's a major that's an that's a major accomplishment, especially with everything that's in the SEC. Period. I bet you they end up beating if they end up yeah they end up playing Missouri. I think this year they'll beat Missouri. Um, you know, and they'll beat UK if they play UK. And, they do. And, they do, of course. And you know, and they'll probably give South Carolina a run for the money for two quarters. But um, but yeah, but no, it's the times. Like I said, SEC is just the place to be football wise. Even like I said, the the lesser quality teams can compete, if not for a full season, at least for half. It's just a fantastic conference. It's just a wonderful assortment of high quality football players. Yeah, Glenn, your opinion on that? Glenn, still there? See, yeah, he's still he's still there. I think he's still trying to fix his mic. Yeah, I I think one of the bigger things is they've got, as we were talking about, the best coaching. Yeah, I mean James Franklin was the good when they fired uh, Ralph Regan up in uh, not Ralph Reed was not Ralph Regan uh, the head coach at uh, Maryland last year, and they brought in. The guy to re- to replace him, they initially had reached out to Franklin, who had just gone to Vanderbilt, and like, please come back, please come back. Yes. And he was like, screw you guys, yeah. <laughs> you fire my boy. Now, what's going to? What do you think is going to happen with LSU now that um Mathe- is it Matthew, Tyrone Matthew, Matthew um um with him being removed from the football team, how does that affect LSU defensively? Uh, Glenn, if when you get back on, just say something. If you can hear this, just say something when you get back on. Um, I was saying this to Glenn. Um, I think what it's going to do is I think that's not going to hurt them in any. It's only going to hurt them in really the game against Arkansas because Arkansas throws it enough that that's going to be a game and they'll be fired up to win that game because Arkansas is going to try and take out Alabama early and LSU late. So I think that's that's the only game I really see it hurting them in because that's the only team that really passes because their their secondary was already going to be an okay. T- Tyrone Matthew is not a great cover corner. He's a good cover corner because right. they threw against him. Teams would throw against him because, of course, the guy on the other side went in the top ten in the draft. Um, so you had to throw against somebody, and that was who that – so that's who they picked to throw it, and I think it's going to hurt them. And I, I mean, I already figured LSU was going to lose two games this year. I think they might go to three okay. now. What about in a situation with the SEC East? Um, does South Carolina run the table this year? South Carolina? Yeah. I mean, because I mean, think about it. You got Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. Which team in the SEC East is, is, is going to run the table there? Oh, I th- uh, you are you back, Glenn? Um, can you hear me? Yes. yes. None of them. They're all. Gonna- <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Just laughing. Keep going, Glenn. I'm gonna, Mike. I'm gonna mute. 
You say none of them? Uh, none of them, Glenn? Oh, yeah, okay, my, I kind of have to agree with him. I, I think the only team that will go undefeated in the SEC, I think, will probably be Alabama. Okay. Maybe, maybe Arkansas. But Arkansas is going to have to get – It's gonna, then again, it's got a lot of good karma now. They've got a huge amount of good karma. Yes. Now, the, yeah, but South Carolina, I – South Carolina, we'll talk about it. I think they're almost in my. I just don't see it because <laughs> their head coaching. They've got one of the greatest head coaches of all time, but I look at their roster and I. They the only tough game they've got is Georgia, and that's late. And to quote the greatest head coach, uh, to quote the old ball coach, we're mad that we have to move because Georgia always has at least one good player on suspension. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we have to play them, but uh, South Carolina, here's what they've got to play. They've got Georgia and LSU in back-to-back weeks. Oh, here's their here's their middle of their schedule from October 6th through let's go th- through November 24th. Their last seven games: Georgia, LSU, at LSU, at Florida, Tennessee at home. Arkansas at home, Wofford, okay, there's a win, uh, and at Clemson. South, there's no chance in hell South Carolina is going undefeated. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I wouldn't say undefeated. I'm, there's no way. Uh, th- th- there's no way they could go undefeated. Like sometimes when I, when I say the term run the table, does not mean undefeated in any stretch of the means. I mean, is this the year they take the East – and then go to the SEC championship game and lose, um, like they did against uh, was it South Carolina? I know, uh, yeah, Auburn a couple of years ago. Possibly, because yeah. um, I, I think it's going to be Georgia. Georgia is who I think is going to come out of the East. Yeah, oh, that wouldn't be surprising either. I mean, you know, they they always find a way to compete. They every 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 single year, and they, yeah, every now and then they'll have a down year, but they always find a way to rebound. Um, Andy Murray's a good head coach. I mean, he's a terrible. Uh, I mean, he finally won the gold medal. Oh wait, different Andy Murray. Uh, oh come on, that's a bad tennis joke. <laughs> you gotta love bad tennis jokes. Uh, you there, Glenn? At all? I'm still showing the question mark. I think he's having issues. Okay, see, I don't have a question mark on mine. It, it just it just says uh, it says his name, and uh, yeah, that that's it. But you got. But you're you're leading the call, so you'll know yeah. if somebody's in and out. Um, uh, yeah, here's Georgia's schedule: Buffalo, Mizzou, Florida Atlantic, yeah. Vandy mm-hmm. at Georgia. That is Tennessee at Georgia. They go to South Carolina. They go to Kentucky. Florida in the cocktail game. Ole Miss, Auburn, then Georgia Southern and Georgia Tech. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I think Georgia's got a shot. Yeah, I'd say so too. I'd say so too. Um, I was looking at Kentucky's schedule the other day, and their schedule—I mean, conference-wise, they have—they um, have Florida, South Carolina, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Georgia, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Okay. Now they're out of conference schedule. They always start the season against Louisville. That's yep. that, that's that's standard. Then they play Kent State, 
Western yeah. Kentucky. Good chance they'll start off three and zero. Okay. Yeah, Pretty, and then lose a bunch of in a row. And then lose a then 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 more than likely will lose the Florida because even when Florida is not that good, Kentucky still can't you know beat them. Um, South Carolina they'll lose to Mississippi State. They'll challenge probably win. Uh, Arkansas they'll lose to Georgia. They'll lose to they'll beat Missouri. I really think Missouri does not know what they're getting into by hopping in the SEC. Um, we all know that the Big 12 is, is a very competitive conference. A lot, a lot of talent there, too. I still say Missouri does not know what they got, got themselves into. They'll challenge Vanderbilt and more than likely lose in the fourth quarter. They'll beat Samford. And really? I'll, You're going to go out on a limb and say they'll beat Samford? Um, yes, I will go out on a limb and say they will beat Samford. <laughs> and they will shockingly beat Tennessee two years in a row. Yeah, uh, I mean, we were talking about head coaching being a huge factor in addition to the recruiting. But when you have a bad head coach in the SEC, you instantly know you've got a bad head coach. Well, the thing is, Joke, it's not that Joker Phillips is is a bad coach. No, no, no. I'm not saying Joker Phillips. I'm saying Tennessee. Oh, okay. No, no. Well, see, well, a lot of people here in Kentucky, they think that Joker Phillips is a bad head coach. I think he's a great offensive coordinator. I think he's a decent head coach. Um, now, they've got uh, Rick Minter, who's their defensive coordinator. He's a good coach. Um, but Isn't the thing, the ex-head coach at Cincinnati? Yeah, and uh, Michigan State, if I remember right. So, the guy that was, didn't they force him out of Cincinnati when they went to the Big East? I think so. Cause, oh, we got Glenn back. Yay. You back, Glenn? Yes. Yeah. Hello? Yes, we can hear you. Um, as far as the East, look at look at Tennessee's schedule. Yeah. Tennessee's not going to be – I don't know. Damn it. <laughs> there went the mic again. Glenn, you want, you want to just uh, – I would try a reboot, to be honest with you. Let's try a re- – uh, go ahead and – Maybe reboot. I'm going to drop you off the call and try a reboot of your system, come back up. Then uh, let me know when you're back. Like, uh, I had to. I dropped Glenn off so he could reboot. Oh, no problem. It's cool, man. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, no, but. um. Yeah, looking at. Let's see. Let's look at it. Let's look at the. He was mentioning Tennessee's schedule. Yeah, Tennessee's schedule is like they, they start against North Carolina State, then Georgia State, then Florida, then Akron. Um, and those are all home games. Their first four games are all at home. Then they go to Georgia. They go to Mississippi State. Um, then they play Alabama at South Carolina. Then Troy, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Um, and, you, and you know people in Tennessee love a football. Oh, God, yeah. But they've got – I mean, talking about head coaches, I mean, probably out of 14, Joker Phillips is probably what, the number eight? Maybe number seven best head. Maybe not. He's probably number eight, number nine best head coach. Yeah, he probably he probably be listed as nine in SEC. Yeah, he'd be nine. Yeah, but you put him in the uh, Big Twelve, he's probably the fourth best. The only team you put him in the Pac twelve, he's probably the sixth best. He's not a terrible head coach. No, he's not. No, he's a great offensive coordinator, like he said. But then again, in the SEC, when you have a bad head coach. You know you've got a bad head coach, right? Right, but see that also. But also at the same time, what that comes down to is that comes down to people's expectations. Like the year Kentucky won eight football games with with um, Andre Woodson, and Rich, you know Rich Brooks was the head coach. Um, they they've seen you know decades of bad Kentucky football. 
So when they get that one great season with Tim Couch or they make it to a nice bowl game with uh, Rich Brooks and Andre Woodson, they expect more and more. And I'm like, you can't get that. You just can't. SEC. Because, you know, Kentucky has has a nice talent pool uh, of players via high school-wise. I mean, yeah, there's no powerhouse school, but but you're losing recruits to other, co- to other colleges. So what do you do? And what can you do? You know, so I, I, that's why when, to me, Kentucky gets six wins in a season, heck, that's a great season for U.K. football, in my opinion. Um, but for other people, it's less. This will probably end up being Joker Phillips last year as head coach at U.K., and they'll probably move Mentor up to head coach if Phillips gets fired. Because for, for some reason, I really think that folks either A, expect either a better bowl game than the Liberty Bowl, or they expect like you know nine wins and it's just not going to happen it's not yeah i mean overall i'm usually seeing a lot of teams have kentucky at the bottom of the uh conference of the uh, division as the seventh best because but then again looking above them i mean they've got james franklin at vandy who i think will probably be the next head coach at tennessee or M- maryland then they've got mizzou then tennessee Florida, South Carolina, and Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looking at it overall, I mean, I just. And then in the. I, you know, Vanderbilt is win, wins because of. of uh, they, they're smart because they've also looked at see to see who the teams are that they're playing against. Because if you look at that, I mean, you can tell who's going to be have a good season because you look and see who they play out of conference. I mean, yeah, we're making fun of uh, the Samford scheduled game that uh, your beloved Kentucky has. <laughs> but that said, that means they've got a pretty good shot of um, making, a, making a bowl. Because, I mean, okay, Louisville will be a tough game. They'll probably lose that. Mm-hmm. Kent State, Western Kentucky, and... We're going to go on a limb and say Sanford. There's three wins. Right. Um, then you've got Mizzou. You say they'll win that. So, and I'll agree. And I'll agree with you on that. They'll probably beat uh, Mizzou. Uh, who else they've got in their schedule? Uh, so there's four wins. You need to get to six. Right. Mississippi State's at home. Probably a win. Yeah. The- the issue is five, so that just means they have to either be Tennessee mm-hmm. or Louisville, right? And and they'll get or Vandy, realistic, or Florida, realistically, R- right, right. And, and and they don't beat Florida; they just don't. Um, it's, at, it's at Florida too. Yeah, they they don't beat Florida, so they can end up winning six wins, have a losing SEC conference record, and possibly make a bowl. Um, which I don't. Even then, I don't think that saves Joker Phillips's job. It doesn't. I, I, I honestly, it does. Even if they went to the bowl, won the bowl, I bet you it still does not. It does not guarantee him a job because six wins is unacceptable um, for for UK football, and I don't know why. Because once again, you're in the fucking SEC. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, they've got to have something to. Add. Let me add in Glenn again here. Call him again. Call failed. 
do, 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 do. See now, now he's got the question mark on my on my side now too. Okay. Keep saying call failed. Unlike Sean. There, there he is. There he is. You there? I see there him. He, yeah. Call him one more time. Okay, now he's got the question mark. Yeah. Call him. No, I didn't. Are you hearing that? Or is that just on my end? That's just on your end. I, I don't I don't hear anything on my end. Okay. Yeah, I, I keep getting the call failed on him, so let me... Yeah, we'll just keep talking. I'll keep trying. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Vandy's schedule. Uh, South Carolina, a loss. Yeah. Northwestern, uh, likely a win. Presbyterian. <laughs> Yeah, there's a win. Uh, Georgia, loss. Mizzou, win. Maybe. Florida, Bama, at home. They'll probably beat Auburn. Let me say Florida and Auburn at home. Then they've got UMass, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Wake. So they've got, what, a guaranteed, what, one, two, three, four wins, and they could potentially get six? Yes. Um, and as for as much you know grief as as for as much grief as I've given Missouri so far, the wild card for Missouri's is okay. Um, okay, here we yeah. go. As much fun as you were making fun of Mizzou, yes. yeah. For as much fun as I was making of Missouri, here's the wild card with Missouri. Um, Missouri could get seven wins off their quarterback alone. Um, but that's the wild card. Can Franklin? Um, can, Frank, can Franklin carry that team for seven or eight games? Because the thing is, Franklin, pr- pretty good passer. He had like 2,700 yards last year, 20 touchdowns. He also ran for, for like close to 900 and 13 touchdowns on the ground, if memory serves me right. He's a talented quarterback. He carries that team by himself. Now, you're going from Big 12 football to SEC football. Can you do the same things that you did in the Big 12? Um, that's going to be key. If he and if and if he's able to just run free and, you know, play that loose football that he does, they'll they'll actually have a surprising season. Otherwise, no. Yeah. Hello? Uh, here we go. You there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. We were just talking about um, schedules again, and then he was mentioning Mizzou's quarterback about will he do the same things in the SEC. I, see, I just don't. I don't. I I I kind of follow Missouri a little bit, but I just don't know enough. To, it's just it's just so hard to tell. I mean, that was that was one of the things I was looking at is the. New teams in new conferences, how how they're going to do, and it's just it's just so hard to tell with Missouri because they were a middle of the pack Big Twelve team. So yeah, they were at best middle of the pack, but yeah, yeah. Well, let's go around and do some quick look and see at the uh, conferences to see who we think. I mean, who do you think is coming out of the SEC West? I'm going to say Alabama. Anybody disagree? No, no. <laughs> uh, Arkansas could. That's the only team I think that could, just because I think they'll beat 
LSU. I just, but they'll probably lose to Bama. Bama could slip up though. Never know. Georgia, I think they're going to come out of the East. Yeah, I can see that. Georgia or South Carolina? I don't see it out of South Carolina. I just don't. But we'll get. Yeah. But okay. So Alabama, Georgia. You figure who? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Alabama once again is just gonna is just gonna take it again. There's there's, there's no there's no way they they lose. Um, the, uh, the cards are the cards are definitely in their favor this season. Glenn. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. So looking at uh, other conferences, Clemson, I think is going to come in Vatech in the ACC. <sighs> There's the ACC is the ACC. Clemson likes to score. Vatek likes to. What does Vatek like to do? Defense. <laughs> no, but you know, Virginia, Virginia Tech can run the ball. Plus, uh, the quarterback Logan Thomas is pretty good too. Um, you know, because like I think Logan Thomas is like one of the quote unquote top five QB prospects, NFL prospects for uh, for this season. Um, I, I like what Virginia Tech can do. I really like Clemson, but you just never know what Clemson football team you're going to get. And see, now people are really hyping on Clemson, which means normally when, when people hype on Clemson, Clemson is not going to live up to that hype. Um, big fan of uh, Taj Boyd. Um, big fan of their offense. They can't put points on the board. But um, you are right. I, I will agree that it'll probably <clears throat> that the SEC, I mean the ACC championship will probably end up being um, Virginia Tech versus Clemson because I don't see Florida State really competing. Um, I don't see, you know, Georgia Tech will, will will do decent, but I don't know if they'll do strong enough to compete. Um, you know, and teams like Miami and Florida State are always in flux. You really don't know what you're going to get. So, yeah, I would go Coastal, Virginia Tech, Atlantic, um, Clemson, next, next year ACC championship game. Uh, the only thing I would say about Florida State is they're, they're almost kind of play a spoiler position because they manage to get up for big games, but then they lose games they shouldn't lose. So you talk about what Clemson team's going to show up. I could say, I think you could say the same, same thing about Florida State, which Florida State team's going to show up. So oh, they, yeah. they, they could throw, they could throw a monkey wrench in at Clemson by, by upsetting them. So then, then you have a, you know, a two or three loss team. In the ATC championship game, yeah, and the uh, in, in the end, the pollsters definitely won't like that, and the BCS won't like that either. <laughs> but yeah, and Vodtech, we all know, is good for one stupid loss early in Florida, and uh, Clemson's good for one stupid loss in the middle of the season. True. Yeah, it's always one. Of those, you lost to who? Yeah, I mean, then again, speaking of really crappy losses, there's the entire Big East. Okay, um, John okay. Soapbox. Here's here's my whole thing with the biggies because see all this realignment in college football is is killing me because you really can't judge the Big East for another two years because like this season right now the Big East is like Cincinnati, UConn, Louisville, Pittsburgh, Rutgers, um, South Florida, Syracuse, and Temple because they lose Syracuse and Pittsburgh next season. But then they get Boise, Houston, one of the military teams, um, and a couple other teams. San Jose State, yeah. Memphis. Yeah, Memphis. And then they're bigger. And then they eventually will get Navy 
um, in 2015. They also get Temple in 2013, and for all sports, um, in, in 2013 or 2014, they get Temple. Navy's, um, ba- Navy's football only. Yeah, Navy's football only. Um, so then they'll become a super conference again, but can you call them a super conference? Because when you look at all those teams, you're like, come on now. How many of these teams actually compete football-wise? But at the same time, what is the Big East supposed to do? You know, you know what I mean? If if they want to remain, quote-unquote, a BCS, you know, get that BCS, BCS eligibility, you have to have a big conference. So what do you do? You have to add these teams to make it work. Um, you call yourself the Big East, but technically you're really not the Big East anymore. As soon as you put Houston in, or you know, you're not you're not East bound anymore. It's 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 strange to me. Um, yeah, because West Virginia moved to the Big Twelve, so there have been so many moves and shifts. I can't keep up anymore. But what are these what are these conferences supposed to do? I I really don't know. I mean, the Big East. I think people fail to realize how much the Big East changes affect. So many other conferences, because once those teams from some some of those teams from conference conference USA and other conferences move, it affects those conferences because next year conference USA is going to have an image problem. Um, you know, the Mountain West already has an image problem. For some reason, the WAC still exists there. There's all this constant realignment. So what happens now after next year when the Big East is finally, quote unquote, lined up? What happens to Conference USA? What happens to the Mountain West? What happens to the what happens to the WAC? Do they, you know, do a couple of those conferences merge together and make a super conference? I don't know. You know, why does Notre Dame continue to be pussies and be and, and be an independent football team? I don't know. Brigham Young's also independent. I it, it's it, the Big East thing. Just you know, it baffles me. I understand why they do it. It's a business, but I just don't get it. Temple actually joined this year. Oh, by the way, okay, cool. Uh, Let's put this why is Temple independent? Uh NBC. You mean Notre Dame, you mean? Notre Dame is NBC. BYU, why are they independent? BYU T V and their massive region their massive distribution. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, and I you know well, as, far, as far as the Big East goes, um, I think that's what happens when you when a basketball conference sells football. I mean, you, you, you could say that when they lost Virginia Tech and BC to the ACC that they, they were going to be in trouble. Now now they're just trying anything to survive. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Glenn on that. Yeah, because basketball has always been strong for them. And, and football, the thing is with football, at first people didn't think it was going to be a great idea, and then it worked. Because, yeah, you're right, you know, the Boston Colleges, the Virginia Techs, the, then for a good period of time, Miami of Florida, it worked. Syracuse at that, you know, many years ago was a football powerhouse. So the Big East football-wise had clout, and then that clout went away. You know, Miami went away, they went to the ACC. Syracuse you know, was no longer that 10 or 11 game winner. But from that, even when, when for a while, you know, Louisville did okay for a minute. And then, you know, Pittsburgh did okay for a minute. And they always have a school, West Virginia. That's, that's it. West Virginia. They were that school that did well for a while. But there's never been a dominant, a dominant team in the Big East ever since all these moves happened. So, you know, what, you're right. So basically it is about survival. So if that's the best you can do and if those are teams that you can get in, 
to make it a super conference, you know, so be it. I mean, because like the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve doesn't have enough teams for to have a championship uh, game uh, anymore either. So I'm sure that's going to change probably by next year. Mm, I don't think they've, they're adding anybody, so I think they're going to stay at ten. Yeah, championship game, and and that's money that's left on the table. And knowing these, you don't want to leave money on the table. Um, so my personal, I really think in an, about another two years, one will dissolve. Conference USA, Mountain West, whack. One of those conferences will dissolve. Sunbelt will survive. <laughs> the Sunbelt Belt Conference will always survive. Power to them. But one of those other three conferences will dissolve. It's my understanding the WAC is going away. Really? Yeah, when the WAC is Idaho, LaTeX, New Mexico State, San Jose State, Texas State, Utah State, and UT San Antonio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's disappearing. And is Idaho the team? Kibby Dome, baby. Love me some Kibby Dome. Yeah, no, Glenn is right. I I think the WAC will be this, the the conference that disappears. I agree. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They were. It's basically going to get down to you're going to see a massive realignment. You're going to have four 16 team, maybe four 20 team conferences, and that's going to be it. And then there's everybody else. And there's a there's a possibility if they go to that that Notre Dame will be forced to to make a football choice as far as conference goes. Yeah, but what's going to be interesting to see is what teams are kicked out and left out of this because I mean you're going to see at least one or two teams left out of this out of the ACC, maybe one or two out of the Big Twelve, definitely most of the Big East, and a few teams out of the. Uh, and maybe a, and probably a couple teams out of the yeah that's probably about it because if you're going to go to 80 that's going to be what five 16 team leagues yeah or four 20 team leagues well when 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 there was talk about the 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 Big 12 and the Pac 10 Pac 12 merging I I had the idea that the ACC and the Big East were going to merge and I think in a way that's kind of happening anyway. Yeah. It's just, instead of officially the ACC, it just poached all the good teams out of the Big East. Right. Yeah. Where that's going to screw teams is like a Cincinnati, a Connecticut, a Pittsburgh, and a Louisville. I mean, Memphis was all excited about getting into the Big East, but you could you could say that had they really is Conference USA that much worse football wise than the Big East is right now? Yes. They are okay. Yes, Conference USA is Southern Miss mm-hmm. and Houston. Yeah, I understand that. But and, I mean, and I mean, the third worst team in the Big East right now is what Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh would kick the living crap out of everybody, but Houston and maybe Southern Miss. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's another year down the road. But Big Twelve. I mean, who do you guys think are going to come out? Of, I mean, oh, who do you who do you guys think going to win the Big East? I think Louisville. 
Yes. Yeah. If, it, if it's not Louisville, it's a free for all, basically. <laughs> I will go. I will put my money on on UC. Crazy as it sounds, I will put my money on UC football this year to win the Big East. I've seen a couple of people say that because it's like, hey, they've got no expectations. They're going to win. I'm like, it's Cincinnati. <laughs> and normally they play their best football when nobody gives a damn about them now. So that's I'll put I'll put my money on, on UC. Pittsburgh, you just never know what you're going to get. Um, Louisville, Louisville has a good team, but it's one of those things with like with some of those uh, like say for instance a school like Missouri, you never know what you're going to get. You honestly just don't know. Um, yeah. But um, I'll put my money on UC. Yeah. Big Twelve. Um, I'll, Glenn, I'll, I'll give Glenn the mic first. Let, let him. Well, uh, you know, obviously uh, Oklahoma is the darling pick, and they, everybody has has picked Oklahoma to be a possible national championship contender. Um, I, I think it's going to be Oklahoma, but then if it's not Oklahoma, then you've got like a mass of four or five teams that could possibly win it. You've got the newcomers, West Virginia and um, TCU coming in. You've got a mediocre Texas team that could make a run. You've got Oklahoma State. So, I mean, you've got if it's not if it's not the favorite, then it's a possibility of several teams could step up and and win it. Yeah. Um, I will go with West Virginia. Um, un- unlike um, some other schools that have moved to different conferences, the, the type of football that um, West Virginia plays, to me, is similar to a lot of the football so m- most of the Big 12 schools have played over the last few years. A nice vertical game with a strong running game. And Geno Smith is a very talented quarterback, it honestly does not matter who you plug into that backfield. They'll always find a way to have us like a five nine running back, a five foot nine running back that's able to like, you know, generate between a thousand to thirteen hundred yards on the ground. And they always compete and win. Defense, sometimes sometimes shaky, high risk, high reward defense, but they always find a way to win. And I think them moving to the Big Twelve, I think a lot of teams will underestimate them. And I think they'll surprise a lot of people. So I'm, I'm putting, if I had to make a bet, I would put my money on West Virginia. Yeah, my own, I would agree with you a little bit on them. Most, but I think it's going to come down to K-State or Oklahoma because K-State's quarterback. Uh, I will say this, I'm looking at West Virginia's schedule. The big game for them is going to be November 17th with Oklahoma at West Virginia. That weather's bad. Oklahoma's in trouble. Mm, yeah, yeah. Actually, if you, as far as national championship goes, Oklahoma, if they lose late, and if they're going to lose, it's going to be late. They're going to be in trouble because their their November schedule is Baylor at West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and at TCU. They're they're they're, they're early. Yeah, they're really scared. They've got a brutal back in backloaded schedule. And if you're talking about being one of the one loss teams, if you lose late, that kind of puts you at the bottom of the bottom bottom of the totem pole. Like yeah, if they lose that last game versus TCU, they probably won't get into the DPS uh, or the championship game. No, because they because TCU will be motivated to do it. Because I think TCU will lose a couple of early, but yeah, I mean they've got in a row at West Virginia, Oklahoma State, at TCU. Yeah. 
they'll beat Baylor. Baylor's going to be down this year. But 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 see, but then again, that also comes into what also comes into play is is that because there's no um, Big Twelve championship game, if like like say for instance, if there was a Big Twelve championship game and Oklahoma had had like a loss late in the season, but was still able to go the, to the uh, Big Twelve championship game and win, then there would be no question. But now because there isn't a championship game, if they do end up losing toward the end of the season, it it hurts them in the long run. It hurts them for the national title game, but they'll still be able to go to the Fiesta Bowl because True. one, one maybe two losses will win the Big 12. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move over to a big boy conference, allegedly, uh, the Big 10. <laughs> Glenn, who do you think is going to win the leaders and the legends? Well, you've got um, Wisconsin winning the leaders kind of by default with Ohio State and Penn State not being eligible. And then um, then you have Michigan and Michigan State duking it out for the, the legend with a possible dark horse to Nebraska. Yeah. Thoughts on any of the teams in the Big, e- Big Ten? Um, i tell you what. Um, you know, Glenn is right. Uh, definitely on the leader section. Um, it is it's Wisconsin's to lose. Um, Illinois, they have talent, but they can't put it all together. So yeah, you got to go with Wisconsin. Wisconsin, this is this is their e- this will be their easiest season ever in the Big Ten to win the Big Ten for the simple fact that Ohio State and Penn State can't do jack. So it's like if if you don't win it this year, then you really have a problem. Um, on the legend side, um, once again, Glenn is right. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State. It's going to be you know very competitive. Um, ne- never count out Iowa, even when I want to. Never count out Iowa to um, to to you know knock some heads and uh, shake things up a bit. I still say Michigan ends up winning the Legends Conference. Um, and now this now that they have two you know quote unquote two divisions. You have a championship game. Um, I probably would say that if all goes according to plan, Michigan versus Wisconsin, Big Ten Championship, and more than likely, I think Michigan will beat them. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Michigan wins the game against Alabama. They'll be a chic pick to be the uh, top, to be a uh, number one mm-hmm. to run the table. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin coming out of the leaders. I'm going to actually go, you know, I think Michigan will win that game. Yeah. One thing that we all can agree Illinois, but remember, Illinois has a, has a real head coach now. Who's their head coach now? They fired Zook. Oh, that is right. That is right. I forgot about that. Yes. Glenn's favorite head coach, Ron Zook. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's weird because it seems like the Big the Big Ten is not getting the benefit of the doubt. And if it gets down to the end, it, it almost has to be that big, the Big Ten team is going to have to run the table to get into the championship game. Because they're they're always going to lose out to the SEC, Pat, uh, Big Twelve, and Pac Pac Twelve. That they, that just because of doing so poorly in the BCS, they are not going to get the benefit of the doubt in the polls. So you almost have to have one of these teams run the table to get into the game, and they're they're not going to do it. Yeah. I think Ohio State could shock a couple teams. Uh, I mean, they're not going to run the standard Urban Meyer offense. They're going to run almost closer. Within a couple of years, they actually want to run closer to a uh, Rich Rod or a uh, Chip Kelly style offense, from what I've been hearing. Which would benefit Braxton Miller. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Do you, do you think Urban Meyer is going to change the Big the Big Ten? He already has. I mean, guys are already the coaches. A lot of the old head coaches are pissed at him because of his recruiting style. Because he goes after guys' recruits. <laughs> yeah. And he was the one guy that did not. And he was more like the only guy that did not say he wasn't going to try and recruit the Penn State guys. <laughs> now, is the one thing that we can get that we can all agree on with Big Ten football that Indiana will continue to be bad? Yeah. That's yeah. Bad. <laughs> Okay. Well, let's that, yeah, we'll we'll let that be established. Indiana will be bad. Indiana will be bad, and the Northwestern, like every decade, will have a good team. Yes. No. Yeah. And Minnesota's Minnesota. You, you never know what you're going to get, man. You never know what you're going to get with them. Their coach could die of a heart attack on the field. You never freaking know what you're going to what you're going to get with the Golden Gophers. I I it I don't know, dude. You know what you're going to get with Iowa nine and three. One unexplicable win, two unexplicable losses. Yes. Yeah. Conference USA, eh, who cares? The MAC, <laughs> who cares even less? Well, okay, now here's the, the, the crazy thing about the MAC. I didn't know that Massachusetts is now playing uh, Division One A football. Yeah, they moved up this year. Uh, they, they're not eligible to win the, the, to win the conference. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the thing about MAC football is, though, every year... There's one team in the MAC that does well and can, and can compete with other top 25 teams, not the top five top 25 teams, but but competes well. Um, shouldn't the MAC just be called uh, the Sun Belt? Sun Belt North. Sun Belt North. <laughs> you know, what? AKA the the Sun Belt is to the SEC as the MAC is to the Big Ten. You know, ten years. No, I'm sorry, like, ten fifteen years ago, I would agree with you on that. But for the most part, there are now. Grant a lot of teams have moved in and out um, of the MAC, but um, including Temple. Temple used to be in the MAC for football. Now because the because the, the ACC and no, no, the uh, was it the Big East kicked them out. Yeah, the Big East kicked out Temple. It was like y'all y'all are terrible. Get out of here. And uh, Mac hey, was like, "We'll can take you guys it. come back. We we were sorry." <laughs> <laughs> Like oh, we need so it's like you slink back to the girl. Go yeah, you weren't. I had a couple of drinks. You weren't as bad as you looked before. But but the whole thing is is that every year the MAC is able to produce two quality football teams. Um, yeah, you kind of wish their strength of schedule was a little bit stronger, but there there's there's it's still a good conference. Not a great conference, but it's a good conference. Plus, ESPN needs a uh, TV for Tuesday nights. Right, right, and plus, you know, hey man, NBC gave all their money to, to Notre Dame and BYU and Air Force. So, uh, so yeah, you got to do something. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. See, Mountain West, Boise. the Boise State in- Invitational. Yes. <laughs> AKA, yeah. If you look at you, what's funny? Looking at that conference, if they had BYU in there, they would be the old whack. Yep. <laughs> it's like they should sue to get their name back and say, "Yeah, we don't care. You can have the Mountain West name to the WAC." Oh, yeah, because the WAC, the WAC has seven teams this year. The yeah. previously mentioned Idaho, La Tech, New Mexico State, San Jose State, Texas State, Utah State, UT San Antonio. And don't forget, this is a conference that's had how many teams rotate through there in the last few years? Fifty. <laughs> Pretty much. Are they still doing that funky Conference USA uh, Mountain West 
conglomeration of mediocre teams. Yes, you know, which is funny because it's like at negative coverage in Memphis. As soon as like we're in the Big East, we're like, and then like immediately like, yeah, we're merging with the Mountain West. That's basically going to be the uh, Southern uh, the Southern Miss Invitational. I mean, I don't even know how that's that's feasible. I mean, I guess it's doable in football, but the, that just there's, there's no way you're going to do non non revenue sports in that. It's just going to be incredibly expensive to do all that. Wow. Yeah. What do you think about that, Sean? You know, with the WAC Conference USA merger? Uh, the Conference USA Mountain West. Oh, Conference USA. Oh, oh, oh. So they're they're getting together. Yeah, because so, basically, because it, it's like San Diego State mm-hmm. is leaving to go to the uh, and San, San San Jose State out of the WAC, San Diego State out of the Mountain West, uh-huh. Memphis and Houston out of Conference USA are all leaving to go to the Big East. Right, right, right. Which leaves Air Force boy, uh, I'm sorry, and Boise is going to the Big East too. Right. Well, Air I, Force, thought, I thought I thought um, San Diego State and uh, Boise were born, going in just football. Yeah, they're just going football. And Hawaii, I think, is joining. Aren't they going to the WAC in basketball and everything else? I've lost track, dude. Yeah, it's one of those things of, yeah, we'll look next year and figure it out. So Conference USA and what's left of Mountain West are merging to form a super conference. Well, I wouldn't call it super. Well, I know. Not not super as in forms of talent, but just in their eyes, a a super conference. Super Um, as in a lot of teams. (laughs) Yeah, super as in, yes, exactly. Super as in a lot of teams. It's it's all about survival. That, it's that, nineteen it's nineteen ninety three whack all over again. Yeah, it's honestly it's all about survival, and that's why they have to do that. Um, I mean, that, that actually answers my question uh, uh, that I stated a little bit earlier. What happens to the Mountain West? What happens to Conference USA? There's your answer right there. Um, you have to do what you have to do in order to survive, and and for. And it benefits those leftover Mountain West teams for the simple fact that now there's a possibility of more money being on the table because they can now participate in a championship conference game. They are, yeah, it's like because Conference USA has a title game that no one cares about. Right, right. So there you go. So that that leaves you with that leaves you with the whack. <laughs> you know, as far as what do we do with the whack? You know, you know what I mean. What happens to it? When does it dissolve eventually? Um, the, yeah, the WAC, better known as Pac, the Pac-12 version of the Sun Belt. Yep. Yeah. It was a yeah. good basketball conference at one point. Oh yeah. Yeah, but not anymore. But you know what the upside of the WAC is? Kibby Dome. Kibby Dome. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember me sending you that text, going, "Dude, the Kibby Dome," and you're like. Oh my God! Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've seen like arena football, arena football uh, teams with bigger, you know, with bigger, uh, bigger capacity than the Kibby Dome. Dude, it's a Quantasut hut. I swear to God, I think it's a Quantasut hut. It, they play. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but they love it, man. They love it. So more. Anytime, it's like the anti-carrier dome. It sits more for foot for basketball than it does for no. It sits more for football than basketball by like five. <laughs> So, you've seen the Kibby Dome, haven't you, uh, Glenn? Mm-mm. Oh my God! Imagine a if they put a uh, dome over uh, what's the team? Where, where does Central High School play? The old uh, football stadium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine they took a a just risers for for 
and and then they put like what looks like a Quantaset hut around it. You've got to watch again. You've got to just watch it on TV because it's one of those times you watch it in HD. You're like, is this HD? Am I sure it's HD? <laughs> you're just looking okay. Uh, Sunbelt, no one cares. Yeah. Then the last of the big conferences. Devin's dead. Huh? Steve Devin. I don't care. Yeah, we'll let we'll let our buddy Stephens care about that. He, he he cares about Arkansas State. Oh, by the uh, way, Louisiana Tech going to the to the to the conference next year. Oh, that's an, so that's yet, yet another team that disappears yeah. from the West. And, and I don't. I, I wish I could look it up because it because it, all the WAC teams are going to other places. There were like three teams that weren't going to other places, and all the other teams were going going to conference USA or somewhere else. So. Yeah, it's like Idaho, Utah State, and probably New Mexico State. And then I think there were there were some of the te- the WAC teams going to the Mountain West, so. It's almost like the Mountain West and, and Wack are kind of for Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Sun Belt should basically be called, yeah, we've got the old directional schools and the new Florida schools, and yeah. Well, the, the, the problem with the Sun Belt is it, it, it's kind of the, the lower tier version of the Big East, because when I, when I was going to UAB, what, it wasn't a football conference at all. It was a basketball conference. And then just... You know, teams left, and then it, they tried football, and it just never, never took on. But it was originally a basketball conference. Didn't La Tech used to be in the Sun Belt? They're in the Sun Belt. Oh, they're, they're, I, they might have been an independent. Uh, yeah, I think they were independent. Now that I think about it, they might, they might have been one of those things where they, they were in a, a small conference for basketball and everything else, and were independent in football. Yeah. And then the what's left? Pac twelve. Yes. Oregon and USC. Yeah. Weird happened. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd have to agree. Um yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, USC Washington could Washington could upset some folks, but um uh, you know they got a pretty good quarterback. Uh, they lost their running back, uh, Chris Polk. He left uh, for the NFL for the NFL early, but uh, they could challenge. Um, I don't know what Stanford's going to do this year. Um, you know, without Andrew Luck, um, they got a good coach though, so oh. they'll compete. Yeah, but and Stanford, unlike a lot of teams, it's like Northwestern. They have realistic expectations. They're like, "Yay, we went ten and two, eleven and one. We expect." But oh, they the, the best player graduated. Ah, eh, six and six. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got a Cal team that could beat almost anybody and lose to almost anybody. Yep. Cal, Cal always has teams. Yep. And you've got a lot of good coaches there now. I mean, you've got USC with Kiffin, UCLA with no, they don't have a good coach. They have good players, but whoever they they got, Jim Moore Jr. is better than uh, New Heisel. Yeah. Arizona, isn't it that has uh, Rich Rod? Yes. Or is it? Yeah, and Washington State has the Mad Pirate himself, Texas Tech's former head coach. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, that's going to be that's going to be weird to see them throwing that much or that offense there. Washington has Sarkeesian. Stanford's got a good head coach. Oregon State is Oregon State. Oregon's got Kelly. Cal has 
is he still there? Je- Je- uh, Jeff Kelly? No. Mm, I don't know, dude. I don't Can't know. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Look. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with Glenn. Cal could beat anybody. They could lose to everybody. Yeah. But who do you think's gonna, so, I mean, who do you think's going to be in the national title game? Glenn? Glenn? I, I, well, I, I'm here. I, I, was, I, I, I if, if LSU can beat Alabama, I still think they have a chance to get out of SEC. I think Alabama flip-flops, and I think they're the favorites to come out of the SEC. And then you've got, I, I think it's going to be Alabama USC with a possibility of or or uh, USC or Oregon. It's going to be Alabama LSU or uh, um, USC um, USC Oregon. I think those are the four teams. Hmm. Yeah, those four teams. I could see that. Yeah, the only spoiler I could see would be Michigan. Yeah. yeah. I, I I don't know, man. Like f- f- you know, in my eyes, I really there's. There's you know so much you know so much out there, but as far as my personal opinion, as far as uh, you know who's gonna gonna take it all, um, I would just put like my top four because I mean USC is getting a big boost this year. Plus they also have a Penn State you know former Penn State running back. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my off the top of my head, but he's gonna probably end up being you know their starting running back, which literally put them over the top. Um, yeah, Marcus McNeil was a good running back, but this guy's better. Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm looking at, yeah, I probably would have to say uh, Alabama, um, USC, um, yeah, Alabama, USC, Wild Card, Oregon, and Oklahoma. Yeah, I just don't see it with Oklahoma. I mean, we'll see. It'll be that later. But the, the way you feel about Oklahoma is the way I feel about LSU this year. Okay. Hey, hey, John. Yes. The one problem with Michigan is if they, unless they upset Alabama, that means they basically have to run the rest of the table. They can't lose any Big Ten games. Right. That would, be, and that, they, that would be the one. That would be the one. That would be the one strike against Michigan. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's a. I mean, it's a, a severe caveat that they have to beat Michigan to be able to do that. I mean, looking at Michigan's schedule, they don't have a extremely tough schedule. I mean, other than Alabama, they don't play a team that that, that could beat them until they play Ohio State at Ohio State because they have Air Force at home, UMass. Uh, if Marcus Camby's back, that should be a tough game. Uh, wait, wrong sport, wrong decade. Uh, Notre Dame at Michigan, Purdue. I'm sorry, Notre Dame's at Notre Dame. I take that back. Illinois State at home, Nebraska at Nebraska. That could be a tough game. That's a, that's a question mark. Minnesota, Northwestern, Iowa, and then at Ohio State. So basically, if they can beat Alabama, they most likely will run the table. Yeah, that's the only. Yeah, I mean, looking at the schedules, that's why. I, yeah. Oh, Dumfries and Oregon is going to have a new guy at the court, at quarterback. I mean, that's why their quarterback left to go to the NFL. Even though everybody was like, "Why are you leaving? You're at best a fifth round draft pick," and I think he went undrafted, right? Because he was going to lose his starting job to this redshirt freshman. 
Yeah. So, but still, he's a freshman quarterback. I mean, he's a first-time starting quarterback. Um, as I always do for these, I always do the uh, the I just don't see it teams that a lot that I've that you see predicting to go maybe a nine and three, seven, uh, ten and two team. You just you're going no, I just don't think they're going to be that good. Uh, you have a couple teams that way, Glenn. Uh, I, the the one the, it's one we talked about before in the Florida State. People are seeing good things out of Florida State, and until they prove it on the field, I'm just not sure. Yeah. Do you have another? Uh, just the just Florida State. Do you looking around? Do you see anybody else you think that could be that way? Um. And, and, well, and the one thing I might pick to go either way on that was Texas. I think Texas could surprise some people, or I think they could just be a train wreck. I, I think it could literally go either way. Which probably means they'll just be kind of a man in the middle of the pack. But if they go get on a run, they could be good. But uh, I think more likely they'll they'll be more bad than good this year. Yeah, I've seen Volt- I've seen things predicting them eight and four. I've seen things predicting them six and six. So yeah. Sean, what do you think? Two teams. Um, yeah, I'll give you two. Um, my first would be Arkansas. Um, like I, I don't, I don't see it. You know, I mean, granted, they as always a you know stronghold of talent, but can they keep it together for a whole season? Remember, this is once a school that had Peyton Hillis. Darren McFadden and Felix Jones in the same backfield and still couldn't get over the hump, if you know what I mean, in, in a competitive SEC. Mm. Um, so I don't, I don't see it there. Um, and my other team, my, my other I, don't, I just don't see it team, is the same team I'm going to say probably for, for like the next five to ten years, Notre Dame. I don't see it. I just yeah. don't. I never I, – and, and, and it's not – it's not like you know this internal deep loathing, hate, you know deep seated hatred for for Notre Dame. I just wish they would play in the conference. Yeah, I know, I know they get that NBC money, but but eventually, it's just not going to you know it's not going to work anymore. You know it, you have to play in a conference. Yeah, they play they play a good schedule, and you could pretty much you know their schedule. It's pretty much the same every season. Um, but still, I don't get it. I mean, who's their quarterback? Who's going to lead them down the field? Yeah, there's talent. There's talent on that team, and they have the former UC coach who can always rally the troops, but still, I don't see it. Every year, people say the same thing. This is going to be a great 10 or 11 you know, football you know, fo- you know, football winning season for them, 10 or 11 games, and they, and they can't pull it off. They can't. I, I, I just don't see it. I, you know, Teams will just come in and run them over. Yeah, I mean, looking at their schedule, they've got three losses off the jump. Michigan, Oklahoma, and USC. Yeah, I mean... Their best that. case is 9-3. Right. Best case is 9-3. Yeah. Well, I, it, it's just that you had that media love affair with Notre Dame. It's like, you know, they haven't, Notre Dame hasn't been that brutal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in that one season with, uh, with, um, Char- with Charlie Weiss, I mean, to me... That was a fluke. I mean, those were all Willingham recruits, and he just pieced it together, and they had a great season until they got to that championship game. And you know it's bad. Not championship game, but I shouldn't say championship game, but they went to two bowl games under Weiss, two big bowl games. And one game, Jamarcus Russell made Brady Quinn look like Babe Laufenberg, 
and then the other one, Ohio State best at Notre Dame, if I remember right. So, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ohio State won a won a bowl game. Yeah, I know. Shocking, shocking, but true. But uh, hush. Um, well, and it, it's, it's amazing when Notre Dame was good. You had a bad USC team. You had a bad Stanford team. I mean, you only had they only had to win a couple of hard games every year, and they were they were going to go to a big bowl game. Right. But when the other teams they played regularly got good, that Notre Dame went down. Right, and, and and if you look at their schedule this year, their schedule, you know, John is right. There are three losses on this schedule, but also at the same time, it favors them um, because they play Wake Forest, they play Pitt, they play you know Brigham Young. They they'll lose to Brigham. They'll lose to Brigham Young. Oh, you think so? Okay. But yeah. um, but no, like you know, they have. You don't know what you're going to get from Stanford this year. I think Stanford will beat them. You don't know what you're going to get against Miami, Florida, and Notre Dame will probably end up beating them. But the Michigan, Michigan State games right there, those two back to back, that's the key. That's the key to their season before they get to Brigham Young, before they play at Oklahoma, um, and then the final game of the season at USC. So. So yeah, I just I just don't see it, man. I, to me, I see maybe seven, eight wins, if that. I think maybe five or six, because hmm. Navy's at is being played over in Dublin, and then they got to get on the plane and come right back to play Purdue, which they should win. But I think yeah, lose to State, lose to Michigan. You never know with my boys from Miami, Stanford. I think they'll win. Brigham Young, I think they'll lose. Oklahoma, I think they'll lose. I think they'll beat. Pitt lose to be BC's a toss up. Wake they should beat and lose to USC. Yeah. And the fan base will be up in arms and call for the head coach's head. <laughs> yeah. I agree with y'all on Florida State. I agree with y'all on Notre Dame, so I gotta go the other way. I think the teams that I just don't see it, I've seen Florida really high, top twenty five in a lot of areas. I think their head coach is an idiot and their offense is in transition still, so I just don't see it with Florida. But, of course, my favorite whipping boy is Gene Chizik out of Auburn, who is one of the worst head coaches I've ever seen, who only won a national title because he had Tommy Tuberville's players and Cam Newton and a lot of luck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That team is not that good. But, I mean, how we've talked about – he's a good recruiter, and we've talked about how – some teams can just roll out of bed and go seven and five, eight and four, nine and three, and that's a team that can roll out of bed and go seven and five, eight and four. But easy, off yeah. The, oh yeah, off the town alone easily. Yeah. Um, it looks like uh, as far as Florida goes, it looks like October is going to determine their schedule. LSU at home, at Vanderbilt, South Carolina at home, and then Georgia. And that's not that that yeah. that will that will determine Florida season. Yep. All right. Now, the infamous shooting star, the team that you think is going to be an unexpectedly good team. You've seen it maybe going, a lot of people are going maybe mediocre at five and seven that you think is going to potentially win nine games. Uh, Glenn, who do you think that's going to be? Well, I don't, I really don't have one for that one. Um, I will I will say even though a lot of people have them like either within the top ten, um, not top ten. I'm sorry, the uh, the top twenty five. And as much as it kind of 
I shouldn't say hurts me to say it. Uh, <laughs> Nebraska. Um, I know Nebraska is in the top 25 list, but I think Nebraska is going to end up winning more games than people think think they're capable of. Um, this is a team that over the years has flipped their identity back and forth offensive-wise, but I think this is the year they finally understand Big Ten football and how to compete in it. And so I think they're really going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah, the only thing is, I mean, when I think they're going to go, they'd have to win that division to really be a huge shocker to yeah. me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go out west for mine, and I think UCLA or Wazoo, Washington State, are going to be my two. The and one uh, an interview I was listening with Kirk Herb Street, he was talking about how they were just doing completely off the record interviews with uh, coaches uh, at media days with the Pac-10, Pac-12 now, and they said they asked him who has the best talent of any of the teams, and universally the number three most talented team was always picked to be UCLA, which goes to show you how bad of a head coach Newhouse is, and the because the new head coach there, Mora, has decided in the Kevin Prince experience mm. uh, and put a redshirt freshman in there. I think UCLA, a lot of people are seeing four and eight. I think they could go eight and four. And the Mad Bomber at uh, Wazoo, I think, will make them a very competitive team. And I think they could sneak into a bowl. I mean, this is a team that's normally gone like two and ten lately. I think they could sneak in at six and six, maybe seven and five. Hmm. I like um, actually, one one team that I'm going to be looking at that anything could happen would be Ohio State because they're under probation and can't go to a bowl game. But you know, it might be the rally the troops kind of thing under the new coach, and they win more games than they than you think they do. Yeah, Urban Meyer's a very good head coach, uh, but yeah. Um, it's weird because ESPN doesn't list them on anything, but I don't think ESPN shows anybody that's not being a great team. I mean, the, uh, I'm sorry, no, they, they've got them ranked 14th in their uh, power, power rankings. rankings. Yeah. yeah, so it's gonna be, their lack of depth for uh, the recruiting the last year or so will be the key because they don't have that top-end talent that USC had when Matt Barkley papered up for a lot of deficiencies. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then the infamous crater bomb—the team that you look at. Did you? A lot of people are going. That's a nine and three team. That's a ten and two. Which you think? Yeah. Uh, if something goes bad, like Texas or anything, or a team that's predicted to go eight and four, you're like, no, you're going to suck. You're going to be horrible. The infamous last year was uh, most of us picked in the college in the NFL side. We picked a. Uh, Indianapolis, and we all were right, and we were happy about that because, well, we and I think uh, somebody picked Tampa Bay, and he was a lucky bastard. Uh, who do you think is going to be your crater bomb, Sean? Auburn. I, 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 I think it's Auburn. I think, um, like you, like you said before, you know the way you feel about uh, Chiswick's coaching ability, uh, even with the talent, and even I've said, yeah, they could probably pull off eight wins. This might be the. I think this is the year it blows up in their faces. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm saying maybe six wins if that if they're if they're lucky. I think this might be the wake up call um, for for Auburn as far as um as far as record and whatnot goes. You know, so like I said, it's no offense to the to the players. I mean, it's just 
I yeah, I feel the way you feel about Chiswick is the way I, I felt about Chiswick. I, I still don't know how he got that job. But um but yeah. Because the uh, some I can't remember who it is is represented by his uh because most of the head coaches are represented by one agent. Oh in the SEC? Yeah. Okay. Local boy, Jimmy Sexton. Yeah, I mean they play Clemson. There's a loss probably. State, Mississippi State, that's at Mississippi State, noon game, not sure. Monroe, that's a win. LSU, there's a loss. Arkansas, there's probably a loss. Ole Miss, never know. Vanderbilt, you will, you're, you're going to go with Vanderbilt on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas A&M at home. New Mexico State, there's a win. Georgia, there's a loss. Alabama A&M, going to go out on a limb and say a win. And then Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, there's a loss. Uh, Glenn, who do you think's your crater bomb? Um, I'm gonna go Mississippi State. I I, I think they're gonna. They, they just, it just there's so many. They they could do better. They're they're in a tough division of a tough conference. It, it might be a long year in Starkville. Yeah, my only thing against you with them is that they have their out of conference is so ridiculously easy that they're gonna have four wins out of conference. So, yeah, I mean, Jackson State, Troy, South Alabama, and MTSU. <laughs> they could, yeah, but then again, their conference schedule is Auburn. There's probably a loss. Kentucky at Kentucky. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. UT, who we both, I think we all agree should lose every game, but uh, there's probably a toss-up because it's at home. Alabama, there's a loss. Texas A&M, slight Texas A&M. LSU, Arkansas, and Ole Miss. So they could go four and they could go four and eight or five and seven. Yeah. So I, actually, I take it back. I agree with you. They could lose all their conference games easily. They'll beat Ole Miss. Let's hope, because nothing makes us happier than Ole Miss losing. <laughs> yeah. My crater bomb team is going to be one of two teams: either Stanford. Who I'm look, I look at and I'm like I think some teams will try and take revenge on them, but actually I think it's going to be West Virginia. Really? I because I think the travel will hurt them to a huge extent because they've got to travel quite a bit for some of those games. I mean, yeah, they're ranked number eleven in the preseason poll, but I look at their schedule. I mean, they've got to go. Uh, let's see, they go to Baylor, which, not that, that's a road trip. I mean, I'm sorry, they have Baylor at home. They go to Texas, to Texas Tech in back-to-back weeks, and then they go to Oklahoma State. Those are kind of long road trips. I mean, they've got to drive, they've got a bus to Pittsburgh to be able to fly there. And I think that first season, they're going to have some tough games because, I mean, K-State, They've got in a row Texas, Texas Tech, K-State, TCU, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. That's a tough six-game stretch for, yeah, I mean, they're an option team. And I think the Big 12, as much fun as I make make of it for sometimes, it's still a little more – it's still more physical than what they've been playing. So I think – I don't see them as a nine and three, ten and two team. I see them more as a seven and five team. I mean, they've got Marshall, James Madison, and 
Iowa State I see as wins. Maryland is a likely win. Baylor is a likely win. And the rest of them either are are toss-ups to me, except for Kansas. They'll beat Kansas. What do you think, Sean? I don't know, man. I mean, unless unless uh, West Virginia's coach has already prepared, you know, prepared these uh, guys for you know the strenuous uh, traveling thing. I mean, that's something that you really can't prepare for. But I, I think that the coach will instill into them how rough it's going to be this year, and hopefully that helps them mentally prepare for how rough the season is going to be for them travel wise. It's going to, it's going to be a major adjustment. I still say they'll, they'll, they'll pull through. I, I, I really feel they're going to get nine or 10 wins this year. Um, because like w- with what you've said, I'm sure that a lot of other people are going to feel the same way. A lot of other analysts and critics are going to feel the same way as well, but I think they get over that hump and in doing so they'll have a great year this year. And then it might fall apart next year. And then they'll rebound from that. Yeah, Glenn, what do you think? Uh, I, I tend to lean towards the nine or ten wins too. <laughs> yeah, they could. And I mean, they're not quite. I just don't see it. But I just think if some, if they have a couple of things go wrong early, say that Baylor and Texas game, I think they could just snowball and go downhill in a hurry and just crater out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I don't feel one. That's just something I don't feel. One, I feel more confident about Stanford or Notre Dame cratering out, but I think West Virginia could just be a surprise team, kind of like how Texas was for a couple of years when they were just had that run where they lost to everybody. Was it two years ago when they lost to? Uh, they just they were expected to go nine and three, and they ended up what five and seven. Yeah. I yeah. I, I think TCU. I, I think is kind of in the same boat. I mean. When, when they were in the Mountain West, it was like BYU and maybe one other hard game. This is going to be a lot harder grind week to week than than um, TCU has faced before. You see how they step up to the more weekly competition instead of like getting up for two or three big games a year. Yeah, I mean, looking at I mean, you you pulled out TCU. I mean, what are they known for? They're known for their huge. Ass kicking defense. That's going to be tough for them against Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and West Virginia. And yeah, I mean they've got DCU schedule is. It's funny. It's like it's not that great when you look at the. Uh, it's easy when you look at their out of conference. It's their in conference that you go. Yeah, it's a little tougher than I thought. Yeah, the Big Ten's going to be. I'm sorry, the Big Twelve is going to be an interesting year because they're going to have. They're going to be tough. Every game's going to be tough. But who do you guys think is going to win the Heisman? Top two guys you think for the Heisman? Oh, that's a great question. Um, we'll let we'll let Glenn go first because you've been going first a lot. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I, you know, go, starting off, it 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 it, it hard to lose. If if USC has the great, if he has the great year, if the team has a great year and he has a good year, he's he's he seems to be a shoe in. And then, but if, if, if for some reason he does have a bad year, then 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 it then it goes it, it it's more up in the air. Um, if he has a bad year, does that mean that Oregon automatically has a good year and and um, the Anthony Thomas steps up as, as as a running back, or is it going to be a quarterback that's the Heisman winner this year? That's a good question. I mean, I'm pretty much universal that with everybody, it's pretty much a quarterback's league. 
in the uh, in college football to win. I mean, outside of your boy out of Alabama, how many running backs have won the Heisman lately? Right. And Sean, what do you think? Well, it could go a couple ways. Um, it could possibly be um, Matt Barkley. Um, you know, he did put up hell of impressive numbers last year. Um, I would also throw Geno Smith's name in the ring. Um, I mean, the man threw. For, Please don't. Yes, I will. The man threw for like almost forty four hundred yards last year. Thirty one t- thirty one touchdowns, seven picks. Um, you know, Barkley had more touchdowns, but had less throwing yards, and their uh, co- you know their percent their completion percentage ratios are in the high sixties. You know, high sixties, close to seventy percent. So I have to th- you know throw those two in rushing wise. Monty Ball will be a final will be a Heisman finalist. Not saying that he will win the Heisman. Um, but the fact that he ran for 1,900 yards last year will make him a finalist this year because that's what Wisconsin does. They'll feed it to Monty. And so and that, that bullshit. <laughs> I'm pissed. Look, I'm pissed at the you know, the NCAA, but I'll get into that afterwards. So, okay. but um, they'll feed it to Monty, so he'll probably be a finalist as well. Um, but yeah, those those were my three. Like as far as because like they never really look at receivers too much. Uh, unfortunately, there might be one defensive player. Um, the cat from LSU was going to be on my list, but he's no longer there anymore. So uh, that that takes him out of the running for sure. Or the wild card. The wild card will be um, Denard Robinson. That will be the wild card. Will be him. And he plays for Michigan. Okay, yeah. I'd say some people out there may not remember where. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to where you finish in the uh, top five. I mean, if Michigan's top five, yeah, Denard Robinson's going to be there. If Georgia un- pops up and then they go undefeated, which I think they could, or they finish top, or uh, it could be it'll be Murray. If it's uh, South Carolina, it'll be Marcus Lattimore. Wisconsin goes 11-1. and one. It'll be Monty Ball. But I agree with you all. It's Matt Barkley's to lose. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they love, they love, they love the, 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 the sexy pick out of the, the high-profile team. And if, if USC is winning, it's just he, he, they're going to get all the media attention. And it's just, it's just it's going to be hard not, not to pick him. Yeah, because... Everybody that it's there's not going to be probably anybody unexpectedly good this year to win. I mean, ever uh, even take an RG three. RG three was not expected to be a Heisman Trophy candidate last year, but I mean everybody expected Baylor to maybe get to go nine and three. It's just that huge game he had against TCU in the first game of the season made people sit up when it was on Friday night when nothing else on. People sit up and go, "Holy shit, this guy's a great player." Yeah. When he had more touchdowns than incompletions for several weeks in a row? <laughs> yeah, dude. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, that's to tell you. But, uh, yeah, Sean, uh, you know my why I hate the uh, NCAA record book, but have you ever heard my rant on that, Glenn? No. Okay. You know that Monty Ball holds the record now for most touchdowns in a season, right? Mm-hmm. Which is bullshit because he beat Barry Sanders' record, but they won't retroactively count Barry Sanders' touchdowns in the bowl game to add that to it. But they basically said, I think it was after, what, 2001, 2002, oh, everything you do in a bowl game, that counts now towards your total yards. 
that counts towards your total t- uh, touchdowns and to- your total yards. I'm like, okay, so you just screwed over Tony Dorsett. You just screwed over two or three of the bowl games of Ricky Williams, of Ron Dane. And, yes, yeah, somebody now is going to be the greatest running season of all time, and that was Barry Sanders when he won the Heisman. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, Monty, oh, yeah, okay, How many? it took Moneyball 14 games to do what uh, Barry did on 11. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, you got an extra game and a championship game, possibly. To, yeah. Oh, yeah. Add. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, now, we all have talked about this and everything. It's like, the only guy... Uh, do you guys have anything else to add about the college football season that you think is going to happen? Uh, we'll let Glenn lead off. I, I, I think it's going to be an interesting college football season. They're just... There seems to be, I, I guess USC is the one glamour pick to win the national championship. I think I think they've got some, some hard games in their schedule. I, I'm still going to go with there's going to be at least one lost team, one one-loss team in the championship game, if not two. And you're going to have a, a pack of like four or five teams fighting for that one spot late in the season. Okay. But do you think it'll be the SEC will overall win? Uh, yeah, until until they lose, uh, because it seems like they may not be the best conference top to bottom, but they seem to consistently over the past few years have the one team. And with the, the things that they, that they have done is when they get to the championship game and then the BCS championship games, they've taken care of business. It's, yeah, so if, if they get to that point, they seem to do well in the spotlight. Cool. Cool. And Sean, what do you think? Um, I'm looking at a high number. I think there's going to be a high number of upsets the first four weeks of the season. Um, that's the only thing I could really. I mean, yeah, I'm sure that's just general sweeping generalization, but um, I see a, a bunch of upsets the first uh, first four weeks of the season, which will then hurt somebody toward the end of the season. Hurt a team toward the end of the season when the B, you know when the BCS starts making their selections and whatnot. Um, besides that, I expect you know nothing but high scores and and shootouts all, all season, with the exception of when Alabama plays LSU and the game will be three to nothing. Um, but uh, but no, I, I expect um, as always a, bu- a bunch of offense, high scores, and uh, lots of hype. And uh, but no, there are definitely going to be a ton of upsets uh, this uh, this season for sure. But that that's about it. And I have to agree. I think you'll, as usual, you'll see upsets in the first few weeks. I think it will come down to the SEC, whoever wins out of that versus USC. And I don't know. You've got the monster defense versus the monster offense. That November that November third Oregon USC game will probably go a long way as to who gets to the UCS championship game. Think that game's going to come in under four hours? <laughs> no. <laughs> and we'll all love it. Cool. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for coming on today. Uh, even though we did have some technical difficulties, and I'm going to hit the stop button. 
And we're into the recording tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, first on up, uh, while we wait for everyone else to join the call, as I'm sure they will eventually, <laughs> uh, we're going to be joined by the former president of the shipping department of DCBS, Mr. Zach Cruzy. Yep. Uh, that wasn't my job, though. I know. I was, uh, I was marketing director, so. Marketing director, web lackey, can't. Yep. Yeah, I was I was all those things so and much more. But you've moved on to new and better things. You're now a college professor. Yep, I teach I teach the kids. How about that? Yep. It's a terrifying thought, but I yep. like it and I love it. It's it makes me very happy. So very very happy indeed. Yay! And as we mentioned last year, Zach is a long suffering, long suffering. Washington Redskins fan. Yeah, it's it's an awful plight. It's a terrible thing. Um, but you know, I mean, I chose my lot in life as a five year old, and uh, this is this is what I have to do. So it's just kind of the way it is, and I've I've made my bed, and now I'm lying in it. <laughs> it was it was great when I was a kid through the eighties, early nineties. It was it was a fantastic time to be a Redskins fan. And then. Jack King Cook died. Yeah, and uh, yeah, then it just all went to hell. Um, I blame Dan Snyder, but you know, whatever. And the rule of Vinny Serrato. Yeah, Serrato. Not not really a Serrato fan either. But you know, it, it's not it's not every day we go to a stadium and the fans are burning effigies of the owner outside the building, and then they have because of such things they have to ban signs inside the stadium and stuff. I mean, you know, it's. Yeah. It speaks volumes about the how things are run. So, yeah, have you been to Jack King Cook Stadium? No, I've not. I've never been. I've seen the Redskins play plenty of times, but I've never actually been uh, been to the stadium. No, it's in like it's in the suburbs. It's, in, it's like a moment. I think somebody pointed out it's like forty minutes away. Yeah, it's in Landover. Yeah, that's. Not close by any stretch. Oh, well, I mean, the New York Jets play in New Jersey, so. Yeah. That's, and the yeah. Bear, the Bears almost, uh, there was rumors, I doubt they ever would have, but the Bears um, very nearly uh, moved the, not, didn't move, the, wouldn't have moved the team, but uh, moved the stadium into Gary. Yeah. Yeah. That would have, that would have been ill-advised. Slightly. Slightly. I, mean, I know their attendance the two years they were played down in Shambana, their attendance was not great. Yeah. Of course, their team sucked those two years, so that kind of explains it too. I'm also I'm also pretty confident the whole moving moving this, the the stadium and stuff to Gary or whatever. I'm sure that was a myth because no one would ever do that. It had to be like just some sort of cruel joke, like started by like an internet troll or something like that, and just sort of. You know, took hold of the public, you know, imagination. Yeah. Uh, let's add in somebody. Let's add in Mr. Pryor. Let's add him in. Cool. Yes. Mr. Pryor. Hey, John. How you doing, man? Not too bad. Not too bad. How are you doing this wonderful night? Oh, I'm doing all right, man. Sorry for uh, taking so long. I just uh, there was right. there was a business meeting that I, I I couldn't I couldn't back out of, so had to be That's there. All right. for it. Chris isn't 
responding, so we're just going to go three-man on this one. All right, cool. Excellent. I, I am down. Let us talk some football. Yeah, we were just talking about Zach's long-suffering uh, Washington Redskin fandom again. Aww. You know, one of the most prominent uh, guys who does fantasy football, Matthew Barry, is a longtime Skins fan. He had, just had an interview with uh, Gibbs on their podcast on Friday. Uh-huh. Yeah, you should listen to it. I think you'd enjoy it, Zach. Oh, uh, yeah, I bet I would. I love Joe Gibbs. Yeah. Man, that man is always perpetually happy every time I hear him in an interview. Yeah, he should just... be. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was not, I was going to say something similar. So, yeah. Yeah, he's rich. He's got yeah. three Super Bowls. He's got two NASCAR titles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have a whole lot to be bummed out about. No. no. Other than the fact his kids can't coach. Because they suck. Oh. No. Well, that's not really his problem. <laughs> Just means the genes didn't pass on. I mean, we're not going to talk about Marty Schottenheimer's kids. Oh, we're not going to talk about Brian Schottenheimer. <laughs> we're not going to talk about Brian Schottenheimer. Hey, you know what? It's third and ten, guys. What should we do? I know. Five-yard posts. <laughs> hey, look. He, he got fired the year before he got the perfect quarterback for his offense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, perfect quarterback for his offense. Ben? Tebow. Hmm. I think Zach said it best. What was your exact line on Tebow, Zach? Uh, I have no idea, but I just don't like him. What did I say? It was funny though. Fuck Tebow. I oh yeah. Oh yeah. Screw that guy. <laughs> just never. I can't imagine. Like uh, like it must be like on some other like plane of reality. Tim Tebow is is a quality quarterback. Who is you know a starter somewhere and really good, and then somehow like through the bleed, like those good Tebow vibes have like creeped into our universe, and that's what makes people think that he's worth paying any kind of attention to. The thing is, the thing is, um, is that, uh, Sean, you need to speak up a little bit. You're low. I know. I said the thing is, is that um, the issue is, is that he's always found a way to win. In college, he was a winner. Um, his his second year in Denver, when he got to start after Orton. And the rest of the Broncos kind of did not perform well. Tebow didn't play well, but they always found a way to win. They, and even Mike McCoy basically turned the team into an option offense just to get them to win because he knew he couldn't rely on Tebow's passing. But they always found a way to win. Now, eventually, it wasn't going to last forever, but now he's a Jet. And the thing, the thing that kills me about the Jets, it doesn't matter if you had Tebow or not. There's not enough talent on that team offensively. There's no. None. The, you know, there's none. I mean, like, you, you, you see, and this all comes down to their general manager. You, you draft Sean Green, and I'm like, name me one Iowa running back, with the exception of Ronnie Harmon, who was an excellent third down back. But name me one running back from Iowa who has had a legitimate NFL career. You know, I, I'll go down the list. Nick, Nick Bell? No. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, let's see, was it Albert Young? Uh, no. Um, let's see, uh, Hughes, I think. I can't remember. There's a couple other ones. They All of them never had prominent NFL careers. Um, and that's not saying that they can't, but so far they haven't. And then you have uh, Joe McKnight. He probably won't do anything. you got Santonio Holmes. Nobody's not paying enough attention to him, So, but he says he's also hurt. Um, they, they only, like, their best weapon, I think, is Dustin Keller. They're, they're tight end. That's it. And he's, like, he's not that good. Right, so... You know, there there are issues. There there are a lot of issues with that team, but um, I'll, I'll say I'll say it once. I'll say I'll say it again. If this was like nineteen 
this was like 1990 something, and Tebow and Tebow was a black dude. Tebow's not playing in the NFL. Tebow's not even getting a shot. Like Tebow is is seriously the Tony Rice uh, <laughs> of, of, of the 2000s. <laughs> he's the Tony Rice of the 2000s. But the difference is he's so quote unquote charismatic, and you know he's so charismatic. People want to give him a chance, and they want to they want to see him win. But if that was Tony Rice or Major Harris or Jamil Holloway. Or, or uh, first I'm going to mention Glenn Ring has joined, uh, but I'm going to say, or Tommy Frazier. Or Tommy Frazier. There's no way they're getting a job in the NFL as a quarterback. They're either playing defensive back, uh, H-back, tight end, or, you know, or, you know, or just something else all in general. I mean, even Bucky Richardson got a chance to play quarterback. And Bucky Richardson, Texas A&M, was terrible. And he still got two seasons to prove that he was, he was not a quarterback. Because he was white. I'm not going there. You said that, not me. You know me, Glenn. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As, as a fellow SEC living fool who hates uh, Tebow almost as much as I do, and Sean does, uh, your opinions on the Tebowness? Um, well, he, he reminds me of the Nebraska quarterback the, when, when Nebraska was good. That they were really good college quarterbacks, but had no business being in the NFL. Yeah, you can curse when you say his name. Uh, we we all do. So. I I I I I, I uh, still love the with the last SEC championship um, game he lost, and there was all those pictures of him crying at the end of that game. That's my lasting memory of uh, Ebo in the SEC. Ugh. All right. How long we've talked about Tebow for about what five six minutes? It's more. It's more than he deserved. Yeah. Okay. We're done. <laughs> No more T-bonus unless we absolutely have to when we get around to the Jets. But let's see. Let's go down the uh, wonderful things. Okay, players you're looking forward to. Uh, I don't think Tebow would qualify, but <laughs> uh, we'll start with the last man in. Glenn, what's a couple of players you are looking forward to this season? Um. I think I think RG3 just because I think he'll be like Cam Newton in as much as I don't think he's going to make the team better, but I think he'll make the Redskins more exciting. Um, I, I, and think Zach, I think Zach just plots because you said that. <laughs> I, uh, uh, Trent Richardson and Deont- Deontay Hightower doing the next level. Yeah, my only concern about Richardson is his knees. Well, he's going to play for a crappy team. And he's already had two knee injuries, two knee surgeries. Um, and I, I, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know if his body can make it through a 16-game schedule. And I think that Philadelphia is putting a lot of emphasis on him doing well. And if they're depending on him, they might be in trouble. Yeah, I like Vic, but he killed me in my fantasy one of my fantasy leagues last year. He cost me money. Yeah. Let's see. Let's go with Zach. A couple of players you're looking forward to. And no, RG3 doesn't count. <laughs> Hello? Did we lose Zach? Oh, Zach? sorry. Sorry, I'm, I'm, an, <laughs> ass- I'm an asshole. I, I uh, left it on mute. Uh, uh, anyway, so RG3 does totally count because that's my answer. Um, I, it's the first time in a long time I've been um, not depressed before uh, an NFL season starts. I'm actually looking forward to seeing quarterback play in Washington. So, um, 
So I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does. And, you know, if he falls flat on his face, fine, but it's, I'm just reveling in the moment now that there's, that there's a chance. There's like a glimmer of hope. I like that a lot. That makes me very happy. And um, the other one that I just... It's not the, I don't even really care that much, but I'm just curious to see what happens. I kind of want to see what happens with Peyton Manning in Denver. Um, you know, the stuff that I've been reading, you know, it sounds like you know his accuracy is fine, but his arm strength isn't there, and he hasn't been making a lot of down-the-field passes and lots of short ones. So I'm kind of interested to see what happens there and, and how different or the same his game is from um, – prior to his neck injury. Uh, so those are the two that I'm most looking forward to seeing what happens. I also kind of look... The other one I want to see what happens with, too, is uh, I think Matt Flynn is... He's, he's going to be starting in Seattle. So I want to see what happens with Flynn in Seattle, uh, too. I think that'll be a lot of fun to watch, if, if he's any good. Ends up being as good as he played you know, in those few games in Green Bay. Uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun to watch, too. Yeah, I think Sean and I were both looking forward to Chris being on since he's a huge, huge Seahawks fan and make taunting him with Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah. A couple players you're looking forward to, Mr. Pryor? Um, Cam Newton. Uh, I, I think um, after what he did last season with the Panthers um, in that offense that only had one wide receiver had a, you know, and had a had decent tight end set um, and a good running game, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do as a whole because last year, if Carolina had a better defense, they probably would have went nine and seven instead of six and ten. Um, so because all their linebackers got hurt. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, and then that really and that really hurt them. But they're healthy. Uh, Cam Newton is focused. He came to camp early. He wants to win. I, you know, I like his determination. And and he just he lifts up the whole team just by him being there. He lifts up the whole team. So I'm excited to see what Cam Newton does. I don't think he'll have a sophomore jinx. I don't expect his numbers to be as huge as they were last year, but they'll be uh, close. They'll be very close. Um, you know, because you know teams are going to be hip to him. But um, I think their offensive coordinator is smart enough to readjust to uh, keep defenses honest. And so and so Cam Newton, he'll also adjust. Another player that I'm looking forward to uh, to watch this year. Uh, Arian Foster. Um, to me, Arian Foster is the best running back in the NFL. He's one of the smoothest running backs in the NFL, too. And, you know, it really makes me think where his career would have been if if the Tennessee coaches weren't such jerks to him, you know, at the University of Tennessee because they thought he was just too smart for his own good and he, you know, and he looked down on coaches. And that really wasn't the case. It was just more of the case was he was a very smart guy. And he, when he tried to relay that intelligence to the coaches, they thought that, you know, they thought that they were making fun of him, fun of the coaches. That wasn't the case. So then they helped to undermine his draft stock. And but you know, but he's worked his butt off to get to where he is. And I love watching him play. He, you know, he's an excellent running back, and I, I can't wait to see him on the field. Yeah. Personally, I'm looking forward to seeing two things. One is the offensive line. I know that's a cop-out. See how bad it is in Pittsburgh because of that. They get anything approaching decent offensive line play. Pittsburgh is going to win that division and probably get the number two seed. Mm-hmm. And the other player I'm looking forward to is Sean's second least favorite quarterback. You know who I'm talking about. Go ahead and say it, man. Go ahead and say it. Carson! Oh, jeez. Okay. Because Carson, the last six games of the season, was a competent to above. He was an above average NFL quarterback last year. And Darius Hayward Bay looks like 
he's going to be better this year. And a couple of their other and their other receivers are going to be good. Now it all depends on the fact that will Darren McFadden stay healthy, which we all know the answer is no. And they've lost Michael Bush, but I watching how good he is this year, I think will be a key. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, we're going to go with I guess teams y'all are looking forward to. Uh, we'll go with Zach. What's a couple? Te- what's a team you're uh, a couple teams you're looking forward to? Uh, well, obviously. No, um, no, no I Redskins. Say, I can say what I want. I'm looking forward to see what my team does. Look, it's you can you can like tell me no, but like I I'm not trying to be like a, a jerk, but like I'm this is the first time, John, in like a decade where I've felt happy with the quarterback situation in Washington and um and I'm just I'm genuinely excited to see that happen um so so but that aside um more more to what you're looking for uh, you know I really Actually, I'm really excited to watch San Francisco play again because I I was just so pleasantly surprised with them last year. Uh, I really liked everything about them, and I rooted for them when I probably didn't need to or shouldn't have rooted for them. Um, so I, I'm really excited to see what happens in San Francisco. And um, the other team I'm looking forward to watching a lot, too, is um, is I just – it's it's like it's like a car – you know, like a slow car accident, you know. Um, but I, I just, I like watching Miami. Um, not that I think they're going to do anything. They're not. I just kind of like watching things just sort of spiral out of control there. Um, and uh, they, every time, like, they think they've done something right, they've just done, like, a million things horrendously wrong. So um, so I kind of want to, I'm really excited to see what happens to them this year. Um, that sounds awful and, um, you know, you know, like cruel, but I, I'm just waiting, waiting for that to implode again this year. Yeah, Sean, Glenn. I mean, what do you think about those two teams? Uh, we'll go with Glenn. What do you think about those two? Um, the the, the Miami Dolphins always seem like they 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 take one step forward and two steps back. They have a so-so season and they have a sucky season. I mean, they just kind of. Uh, they, they've been on that train for a while now and just have not been able to win consistently. Yeah, Sean, what do you? I, I, your opinions on Miami? And I think I heard you giggling in the background when you said Miami's a train wreck. It is a train wreck. <laughs> that, that team, that team will not be successful until until it's sold. Until Stephen yeah. Ross sells it, that that team will not be successful. And I will agree with John because John and I have talked about this a number of times. It's not that Jeff Ireland is a bad GM. Yeah, he does some boneheaded things like you know asking uh, Des Bryant, you know, <laughs> pre-draft uh, about his mom and saying some pretty uh, stupid comments or asking some stupid questions about Des Bryant's mom a couple years back. But uh, the thing is, the owner meddles with the team too much, and it's the in. Look, Jerry Jones meddles with the Dallas Cowboys a lot, him and his son. They meddle with the Cowboys a lot, but at least with the Cowboys, even after Jimmy, even after the Jimmy Johnson era, they've always found a way to somewhat compete. Yeah, they will implode, but at least they can win. Um, you know, not saying that they make the playoffs all the time, but at least they can kind of win. Whereas with Stephen Ross, 
his meddling really makes things even worse. And and Joe Philbin yeah. is actually he's probably like a, a nice guy and he's probably a good head coach material. Um and he could he could try to instill a, a decent winning philosophy. The defense isn't really bad for the Dolphins. It's not great, but it's not bad. They have a great D line and decent linebackers. And the thing is you know, Reggie Bush had 900 yards on 212 carries last year, and he was actually a running back. He's not going to be able to do that this year. They've already taken him out of that. And, yep. the, and, that's, and that's the thing with Reggie Bush, and I, that's the thing I finally realized. If you want Reggie to be a runner, you have to give him carries. You just can't give him seven carries and think that's going to get, you know, that's going to work. He's not that type of back. He has to build up. You know, he has to build up, you know, build up that stamina or build up that level of carries to have that boom, that big run. And he, he just doesn't work that way, but instead they're probably going to use him as a pass-catching back again. But like I said before, the owner meddles too much. This team can't win. If it does, I will be utterly shocked. I really, you know, I used to have, I don't know why, I just didn't care much for Taney Hill, but I, I wish him well. The job was pretty much David Garrard's before he got hurt, and now he's probably not going to play uh, football this year at all. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's Taney Hill's job to lose. And but you're right. It's gonna. It looks like a train wreck on paper. Yeah. It really does. Who's their best receiver? And it's really uh, a shame as, pairs, as opposed to some of the other teams in South Florida. I think the Dolphins is the one team that Miami really consistently gets behind when they're good. Yeah, that that is true, man. But that's the problem. When's the last time that, that they've actually been good? I mean, even look at the team that Tony Sperano took to the playoffs. Chad Pennington was the quarterback. Yeah. And they've been they've been dying for they, ages. They haven't they haven't they haven't been a champion. At least where they're they're in the conversation for winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, it's been forever. I mean, it has been forever because that's that's the whole funny thing. Really, think about the Dolphins when they had Marino. They went to one Super Bowl. They could you know pass the lights out. You know they could pass your lights out but they didn't have a defense. Well, then yeah. they finally got a defense, but guess what? They didn't have a running game. Well, then they finally got a running back. Well, Marino's arm is shot. Now we got running backs. Now we don't have a quarterback. It, they, they've never been able to sync it all up at once. And it will be, it's, and it's, it's, it's been the death of the franchise. They can't balance anything out. And it's killed them. Yeah, it's just, it just seems like they just, every time they think they've got somebody great, they've picked the wrong guy, too. Uh and they, they, they pick the wrong guy, and then they somehow like they just seem completely incapable of building a team through a draft or through free agency because they get the wrong people at the wrong time or at the wrong points in their career, or they get them at an okay time when they're good, and then they're like, ah, what do we do with this guy? It's, it's like you are saying with Reggie Bush. He, I mean, he's not going to get 212 carries, you know? Uh, and it, 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 just, it just seems like everything's just so confused, and nobody knows what's going on, and it's just a lot of straw grasping. And you watch it, and it's just, what, what are you doing? What, what, are, you, what are you doing? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, seriously, think about it. Think about it if they take Drew Brees instead of Dante Culpepper. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, because the thing is, nobody knew nope. about n- nobody knew about Dante's knee, or they kn- or they didn't know how well or how well that knee was ready, and, and they just or if it was ready, and it wasn't, and that team uh, fell apart. They went, they do, they signed Dante, and they were listed as Super Bowl contenders. All they knew was that a guy who didn't have a great arm just had to have his arm reconstruct, just had to have his shoulders reconstructed. But I think that's just the point, though, is keep picking the wrong, pe- the wrong people at the wrong time. Like, I mean, Culpepper, you know, he should, you know, 
he was done by the time they by the time he got to Miami. I mean, he he was done. He was cashed in. But I mean, they didn't they didn't have the foresight to recognize that, and you know, they 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 sunk themselves in with him, and he did nothing. And he just it was it was just horrendous. And then he you know the guy was barely in the league after that. You know, and like it just seems like every time they make a decision, it's just the wrong decision. It's like they, they just have the the worst luck of all time, all time. Cool. Yeah. All right. Now the I was going to say, what were you going to say, Sean? Glenn? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. All right. Although I I, I think I think the Cleveland Browns fans might might argue the worst luck of all time. <laughs> <laughs> they would have a case. <laughs> Yes, uh, Sean. What's a couple teams you're looking forward to this season? Um, I'll once again say uh, the Carolina Panthers. Um, like I said, I, every time I watch them on Sunday Ticket, they never disappointed. It was always entertaining. Um, the other team I'm, I'm looking forward to, I, I have to keep my 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 eye on the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, with the whole thing with like Vic and you know possible health concerns, do they actually go and trade for a legitimate backup quarterback? I don't believe in the school of Kafka. I don't believe in the school of Foles, and I don't believe in the school of Trent Edwards, aka Sir Checkdown. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I don't believe in those three quarterbacks. Kafka looked good against the Falcons last year, but that, but the reason why is nobody had tape on him. So he comes in when when Vic gets hurt. Yeah, he looks good. Nobody knew about him. Then so. I, they need, you know, a good backup quarterback. You know, Tavares Jackson's available. Tavares might not be my favorite, but I know he's more reliable than those other three dudes. So, 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 you know, but who knows what's, who knows what could happen there. Um, hey, but I'm looking forward to seeing what the Eagles do. LaShawn McCoy is, is a treat to watch on the field. If uh, Macklin can stay healthy, and now that Deshaun Jackson got his money, we won't see those tirades he did last year. And also, you won't see alligator hands when he goes across the middle, um, hopefully. So it'll be real interesting what they do offensively and defensively, and if they involve the tight end. When Brent Selleck is involved in the game, the Eagles do very well, and Vic does very well. So, you know, that's one team. I mean, that's my other team. So those are my two teams, right? Yeah, um, my only concerns with the Panthers are going to be, they still only have one right receiver, and they've got three backs all that have been paid. So you got that. Who the, Everybody's going to want carries. Philadelphia, yeah, you want Tavares Jackson? Yeah, you just had him. His name was Vince Young. No, I know. And, and LaShawn McCoy, uh, you better hope, sh- uh, better hope he doesn't get hurt. Because if he gets hurt, there is nothing there. Well, they like Deion Lewis a lot, so, you know, hey, they always find a backup. They always do. They always have somebody ready at the running back position. They've always been that way. They had Westbrook and they had McCoy just waiting in the wings when they felt that Westbrook's tires were were almost worn, and boom. They always are able to supplement somebody, um, at least at the running back and sometimes wide receiver position, sometimes. Guys, your opinion, Uh, Zach, Glenn, Glenn? Oh, either one. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, go ahead. Oh, 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 thanks. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, yeah, no. I well, I while I love to watch the Eagles lose, uh, they are a, <laughs> when they when they're playing well, when the wheels, when all the gears are turning properly, they are a lot of fun to watch that because they are so fast and just yeah, they're they're a fun team to watch when when they're playing well. Um, offensively, I, I agree with Sean. I mean, they 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 constantly find a way to 
find the right pieces to fit in there when somebody gets hurt or is underperforming or whatever. So I don't I don't think that's much of an issue other than the backup quarterback position. Uh, I mean, they might. <laughs> who knows? Maybe they should get Jeff Garcia to come back and sit on the bench for him. But uh, <laughs> he, he was the backup in Houston after everybody got hurt. I say, well, let, let him come back. Bring him back to Philly. He's been there before uh, and fil- filled in uh, marvelously there as a, as a backup. But I, I think the I think the bigger to me the bigger question is what they're going to do with the defense there because the, the, their defense they they went out. And they got all the they they built this huge defense that, I, in my opinion, was probably built to beat the Packers, uh, and um, they it's they they were like palsy victims with it. They didn't know what to do, and everything just seemed jittery and out of place. And you know, um, Nandi Asamoah doesn't he had to play in a way that was very foreign and seemed uncomfortable to him, and he was just not. Effect, as effective as I feel like he probably could or should have been. So um, I, I don't think I don't worry about Philadelphia, Philadelphia's offense. I, I, I don't think I've ever worried about their offense, to be honest. But it's just defensively, because of last year, like, I think that's the biggest question mark to me. Um, and so if, if they can get their act together there, then they're going to be a tough team to beat. They're going to be a really tough team to beat. Uh, and the Panthers, the Panthers are just fun to watch offensively because, you know, like Sean was saying, Cam Newton, I mean, that guy is amazing. But I, I don't I don't think that they're going to win more than eight games, though, either, just because they don't, they don't have it together on, on defense. So, um, but no, I, I like watching both teams offensively, but defensively I think they're both just going to struggle. Glenn, uh, I I pretty much agree with the Panthers. Panthers and don't have anything to add to that. And I, I guess with the Eagles, you're looking at a base of a, an eight and eight team. Now, depending on the health of Vic and ha- how they do in a couple of these games, is whether or not they get into the ten and six, maybe eleven and five, and make the playoffs. I mean, I I could see any of those scenarios easily. But I think they're putting a lot of a lot of trust in Vic. <laughs> if they want to be a true playoff. Sean, Zach, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sounds like Glenn's mic cut out again. Uh, yeah, let's see. Hold on, let's see. Yeah, yeah, still showing him his online. Glenn, when you get back on, just let me know. I'll go ahead and give my two uh, guys I'm looking for, teams I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to Houston. And last year, I, if Houston doesn't get injured at quarterback, Twice, even that first one, the first one, definitely the second one, uh, especially they probably go to the Super Bowl because yeah, they. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, now I was going to say they probably would have had the. Uh, they might have had the one seed. They definitely would have had the two seed, and they would have been built to beat the Patriots. And the other team I'm looking forward to, interesting way is Arizona. If they get anywhere approaching decent quarterback play. They can make a run at the wild card in that division. Not going to happen. 
<laughs> I know they're not going to get decent quarterback play. Yeah. Skelton, you know what the thing is? Skelton's their best quarterback on the team, and like Jason Wood said at best, he called him a second-rate Derek Anderson. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and I, and I feel bad for Skelton because Skelton, you know, Skelton has the tools. He has the body. He has good arm strength. But the offensive line is kind of shaky, and so that doesn't really help much. And and I mean, look, it's it's so bad for Kevin Cobb right now. That even Tommy Kelly from the Raiders called him out and called him <laughs> and called him scared and skittish during during the Raiders Cardinals preseason game. Called him scared and skittish. Jeez. Yeah. And um, but I don't know, man. It's I mean, there's you know we've talked about this a number of times too, uh, John, with Arizona. If if they had an offensive line, does Peyton Manning become the new Cardinals quarterback? But there was also the thing of Peyton supposedly not wanting to play in the NFC. But if they have an offensive line, you look at the weapons, you'd be foolish not to take it. Yeah. yeah. And and I know your opinions on Arian Foster said, but what do you think about the Houston? Um, you know, with the Houston thing, it's like this, man. When you had said that they would have probably would have been Super Bowl contenders, would, if, when they lost Schaub, um, that really hurt. But if Matt Liner would have been a quarterback the rest of the season, I don't see it happening. I just that's a, that's a dude. I just honestly have no faith in quarterback wise. I Captain Five Yard Out. Yep. <laughs> I, you, his best year football playing wise was his rookie year when he just flung the football. And ever since then, it's been nothing but checkdowns and just lack of just poor play. So I had no faith in, in the Texans once he stepped on that field. Two plays later, he gets hurt, or three plays later, he gets hurt. T.J. Yates comes in, and he does what the team needs him to do. He becomes, he becomes like a field manager, but he has a pretty good arm. So, so it actually... Liner getting hurt was like the best thing to happen to Houston because it made that team step up and play together. And and the thing is, is that with Matt Schaub, I like Matt Schaub, but the, the my my whole knock on Matt Schaub his whole career is is he a winner? Yeah, that's that's my thing too. Is and I don't think he's bad. I think I think he's a I think he's a good quarterback. But I don't know. He reminds me a lot of the guy that um, replaced him. Uh, over in Atlanta, and it, you know, I just, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that Schaub is gonna win much of anything. And he's good, you know, but he's, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they're gonna win much more than a division. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna add Zach back in real quick. Hold on. Sorry about that, Zach. I was trying to drop uh, Glenn off so I could add him back and drop the whole call. But you were saying about the division? Oh yeah, no, I was just saying. You know, Shab reminds me a lot of of uh, you know Matt Ryan insofar as you know. I think he's I think he's good, but I just don't I just don't see him winning anything beyond a division with with Houston. Um, I, I want him to. I like that team. I like that team a lot, but I just. I, I can't I can't envision a Matt Schaub led Super Bowl run or a Matt Schaub led Super Bowl ring for that matter. Right. You know, it, I, I it's it, it's going to be all it's going to be the running game and the defense that saves them. And yeah, they got Andre Johnson, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be playing. I, I I don't I don't expect Schaub to sling that football this year. I don't. No, no, I agree. I completely agree. I want him to do well though. I root for him. But oh yeah, yeah I just. 
I just can't. I just can't see him winning a whole lot. Okay. Add Glenn back. Okay. Add. Cool. Okay. And it's call failing on him. Uh, actually, showing him offline now. So I will try him again. I'll try him again in a minute. Uh, yeah. I don't. As much as you make fun of Captain Three Yard Out, Five Yard Out. I think that he knew enough and would have thrown... I think they would have done a little better with him than Yates. Because, I mean, those last couple... Uh, also, with that running game, yeah. But the bigger, of course, injury that they had was Andre Johnson going out. And we're going to talk about this in just a second on the rise of fantasy. But as they point, as uh, the guys on the Fantasy Focus podcast point out repeatedly... Johnson's never had a double-digit touchdown year. He's only had one year where he was an elite for yardage, but he's always been a great reception guy, and he's always been hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's factors to go in there. But yep, uh, now the thing I have on the add on the schedule was like rise of fantasy, which is more of you've seen more female fans join. And you've seen a lot less guys being tied to a certain team and being more fans of the NFL in general, mm-hmm. or players in general. Um, and also, I think you. Ought, but I mean, what are your guys' opinion on why fantasy has risen? I mean, as longtime football fans as we all are. Go ahead, Sean. Uh, uh, go, go, Zach, go ahead, Zach. Whoever wants to talk first. Uh, yeah, I, I I just think it's because football is the most popular sport in the country and people like to connect with it and whether they like to admit it or not they like role playing and it's important to them and football fans already take ownership of uh teams they always say we won we did this we did that and they wear and they wear special you know outfits on game day and they have special you know superstitious rituals that they all that you know most people go through and uh, I, it's just it makes sense. It's just it's just part of the fantasy of the game, and people love to be a part of that, and they like to take ownership of it. Now they don't just get to take ownership of, of teams, but they take ownership of players, and then they they live and die by the performance of those players and, and their uh, perceived you know worth. So yeah, it just I mean to me like I, I I love playing fantasy football. It's it's fun, and I'll and I'm not gonna lie to you. It's for those exact reasons. Like I now I own. You know, Ray Rice. And like, yeah, Ray Rice is my guy. He's the best. And uh, I, I think you're right insofar as, like, you know, it's made me more a fan of uh, just the game in general. And I follow more players than I, than I had before I played fantasy football because I used to just follow a couple of teams and just, you know, did that pretty religiously. But now it's 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 the it's the whole league. Um, but, you know, I just I just think it's part of it. It's part of what fans have always sort of wanted and what they do anyway. So why not make a game out of it? Yep, Sean? Um, I've always, I look at, since being a tongue-tied, I've been involved in fantasy football for probably like a decade or longer now. And the one thing I've noticed the older I get playing it is that it makes all the games have some form of meaning. Um, you'll have players on your team for games that you would never watch. Ever. And now all the games mean something. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why fantasy 
football has become such a great has become such a great thing and has increased the popularity of the actual game itself. Um, because you'll end up rooting for people that you would normally never root for, and it just makes it just makes the game more fun. I mean, even if I didn't play fantasy football, I would still enjoy the NFL a lot. But what I what I watch those certain games for certain matchups, <laughs> excuse me, that I that I normally wouldn't watch before. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the popularity of the sport just continues to grow and grow and grow, even with the issues of uh, concussions and, and, you know, possible lawsuits and even with uh, something that's going to be talked about later, the referee strike. Um, the game is still massively popular um, across the world. I mean, even, even in areas where soccer is the predominant sport, I mean, the NFL still goes to London once a year, so now, especially now. It's been going on like three or four years now. They go to London once a year. Uh, during the regular season, I mean, like a team loses a home game, which which is just wrong beyond wrong. But the NFL doesn't care. You're going to go out there and play it. So, yep. yeah, speaking on that, the uh, Rams have pulled out of consideration for the next two years worth of the London game. Uh, ironically enough, their lease has an out or is up within the next two years. Huh. Huh. Okay. Uh, can somebody say the L.A. Rams again? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but uh, yeah, much like you, Sean. I mean, I've this is my thirteenth year of playing fantasy, and I think would also it because now that the NFL. dot com has had its for the last few years, Yahoo bought out Sandbox close to what eight nine years ago, and ESPN about five or six years ago finally wised up and decided to not charge. For their fantasy, and I think it's caused a lot of people in, to get involved in it because you can now track it on your phone. Uh, somebody was pointing out you can follow it on NFL Sunday Ticket, I believe. Mm-hmm. If you have an NFL, if you register your Sunday Ticket with your NFL.com fantasy football team, you can follow your player stats on there. Yeah. But one thing I have noticed is that yes, it's become it's made get people be huge fans of skill position players, but I think you've also seen a lot less interest in players at the offensive line position and at the defensive line and linebacker position. Yeah, that that is true. Um, yeah, you you don't look at the um, the interior the interior positions that really help make make or break a football team like offensive line. I mean, think about it. Left tackle is one of the most important positions on the football field. Period. Left tackle is one of the most, you know, you have to have a solid left tackle to protect the quarterback's blind side. And yep. a, a lot of teams, not a lot of teams, but a lot of people don't recognize that. You have, depending on what defense you play, you have to have a great nose tackle, you know, to like plug up the offensive line, you, you, you know, when, when to try to stop the run. Uh, you know, having, knowing, knowing a quality safety or quality cover corner. You know, there's a reason why the Jets at least have a chance to possibly win eight games this year because they have one of the best defensive secondaries in football. doesn't matter if they have yet to score a touchdown in the preseason. Um, they, you know, you have, you have Revis on one side, Cromartie on the other, and Jeremiah Bell is one of your safeties. That is, um, yeah, it's difficult to throw on them. It is. So you have to respect and understand those quality positions and what they mean. I mean, nobody talks about, I mean, like, well, we do because we know the game, but we really don't talk about sacks anymore. 
you know, we don't talk about you know sack specialists or pass rushers anymore. Uh, because we, you know, because like a lot of fantasy football, yeah, you can add defensive players if you want, but a lot of people who play fantasy football, they go by quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, kicker, and then just team defense. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't go by individual defensive players, so they don't know about a JJ, a JJ Wyatt, or a uh, or a Cameron Wake. You know what I mean? They don't know about those guys. You know, they don't, they they don't pay any attention to players like that or Julius Peppers. They they don't. And um, yeah, so that's something that kind of lacks a little bit, but it's 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 a give and take. Yeah, a guy like Peppers is probably playing his best defensive end the last couple of years, and his sack numbers are down. Yeah, but he's a better defensive player. And I mean, so I mean that's one reason why I know some people loved the um, Colts defense in fantasy for years because they got sacks and they got interceptions. They gave up a lot of yards and they gave up points occasionally, but they would get you fantasy points. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. I got yeah, I got screwed last year with the uh, Detroit defense several times because it's like they gave they didn't get if they didn't get you turnovers or sacks, they weren't worth anything. Yeah, because they would let up a lot of points. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what's going to be interesting. I mean, for you, Zach. I mean, if you're in a keeper league, you want to get RG3 or Andrew Luck and keep him for four or five years. But you don't want to take him this year. Right. Yeah, well, that's why I don't do keeper leagues. Because it's just too much for me to think about. <laughs> I've got, I, can't, I can't plan that far ahead. Like, I'll just draft a new team next year. Yeah, now... I'm in five leagues this year that are on uh, that are online, and I'm about and I've got another one that's offline. How many leagues are you in, Zach? Uh, four, I think. Four, uh, four in a pick'em league. So, um, so I mean, I guess that's like four and a quarter, I guess. Yeah, I'm debating doing a pick'em league. Uh, is that uh, Sean? How many are you in? Ten. Oh. <laughs> Ten. Ten. This is like the most I've ever been in. This will probably be the last time I'm in this many leagues. Um, no, I play. I'm in ten this year. Um, couple like only like two or, or two are pay, and then like the rest are for fun. And then one is a keeper league. That's for fun. That's been going on for almost. Uh, let's see. What was a uh, William Green's rookie season? <laughs> for the, 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 oh three, I want to say. Yeah, I've I've been in a keeper league since oh three, and like it has a salary cap and contracts, and it's not a pay league; it's just for fun. And uh, been having a blast with been, been having a blast with that, so I stay in that too. But um, the funny thing is, is that um, because of uh, you know learn you know meeting people through the comic forums over the years, you know a lot of them are like football fanatics, so. Then that's how I got in these other leagues and so forth and so forth. And now, like I said, this is the most I've ever played. But um, I'm not. But I'm not going to be one of those people that gets worried. Where, like, if a play, I've got a player on one team that's going to help me win, but I'm playing against him on another team, and it might make me lose. I don't care. It's just all in good fun. Yeah. Yeah, my leagues are. The ones I'm in, one of them's a league I have literally been. Uh, by the way, William Green was 0-2. Okay. Uh, I have been in it since 1999. It's it was a sandbox league. That should tell you how far back that goes. That's and it's actually the only time I've ever won that league was the very first year because it was not because I forgot when the uh, draft was, so it auto drafted in for me. Yeah. And my starting quarterbacks were uh, it was uh, Brett Favre and Kurt Warner. The year that Kurt Warner had his first MVP season. So 
know, and I had a couple of Rams wide receivers, so it was like, yeah, they are. I was like, I, I will win that one going away after that. Yeah, not again. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Glenn, uh, since you're back up, you want to give a couple of teams that you're looking forward to? Or do you want to talk about fantasy? Okay. <laughs> and it looks like Glenn's still having problems with the mic. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, we're done with the fantasy, I guess, for right now. And I guess we'll move over to the next topic, which would be... Yes. Oh, are you there, Glenn? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. <laughs> uh, we were just talking about fantasy. What's uh, in the rise of it? And I mean, uh, Sean's going to be in ten leagues. I'm in four online and one offline, and a couple others. Uh, and you're in three and a quarter or four and a quarter, Zach? Four. Okay. I'm in three. Yeah. Well, I, I think the internet has really changed that. The... Yeah. I was in the late. And looked up who who what who scored. Hello. Yeah, we're listening. We follow football religiously, but can go on with. So you don't even have to like be the football geek to play fantasy football now. Yeah, that was one thing that uh, we were talking about is how it's brought in a lot more casual fans into the and caused you to and caused play, people to not necessarily be a fan of a team but a fan of the sport. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go on to rules changes. Uh there's nothing really Big this year, I don't think. Uh, other than, do you know any big rules changes this year, Sean? Um, not really. I mean, like I know it, they're going to. Uh, they're. Go- I think the refs are going to automatically look at every turnover. Yeah, and every touchdown. And yeah. every and every touchdown. So now uh, coaches can keep their challenge flags uh, for for that. But besides that, those are the only two rule changes that I know of. I'll. I'll be- thing, but it seems like it would affect where you can't just go down and kick a field goal. You have to score a touchdown or the other team yeah. will get the ball. Oh, yeah, the overtime rule. Yeah, Glenn, you have, you're really... Cu- are you using the uh, headset mic or are you using the internal mic on your laptop? The headset. Should I tie the internal? Yeah, because this... Uh, whatever you're using for the mic, it is constantly cutting out cutting in and out on you yes uh, believe it or not Captain Correction I will edit this out oh thank you (laughs) I I, I, I appreciate that seriously I do it's going to take me forever to do because I just editing on the last one took a while Uh, uh, how are you now Glenn I think he's still flipping it over yeah yeah the but it would yeah I think it may be the distance from the router because I know I always go into the office to be right by my router whenever I record. Yeah, my my router is literally 
10 steps away from my away from my lap away from my laptop when I record so um, it's, it's it's close enough to, to maintain a strong signal but uh, yeah I'm about three feet yeah, I'm about two um, and I'm about I'm about three absolutes away from my router yeah. maybe t- yeah about three absolutes <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. No. Um, yeah, but those are all the only rules that I that I could think of that have like any major impact on a team. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, I mean, not team, but just in a, the NFL as a whole. So yeah, college had a couple of big ones. They moved the they moved up to the thirty five, and they moved the uh, touchback to the twenty five. Ooh. Yeah. There you go. They're going. You there, Glenn? You there, Glenn? Hello? I can hear myself. I, I think he's still working it out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, by the way, uh, CM Punk won tonight, by the way. I heard that wasn't even the main event. No, nah, Lesnar, Triple H, and it went off at like 10.20, so... Dear God, that thing's going to have to go forever. Unless they're going to end early. Hmm. What's a SummerSlam? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. <sighs> your boy, uh, you you heard about uh, AW getting fired, didn't you? Who? Uh, Abraham Washington, the guy who was the manager for the primetime players. Really, he got fired. Why did he get fired? For that Kobe comment. <laughs> what did he say? He said, Titus O'Neil is unstoppable like Kobe Brown in a Colorado uh, hotel room. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he said that on live TV? Yes. On his mic, which is also the which also feeds into the house mic. House speakers. Oh, no. See, if this was like raw from like late, like 1999 <laughs> or 2000, that would have qualified. But this is... Uh, yeah. You know, this is like, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, stock and, you know, we are uh, public. We're, we're public now. No, you, this is Linda McMahon is running for office again. If, if she hadn't been running for office again, they probably would have taken him on TV for about six months. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy, dude. That is absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he went off on them firing him, too. It was funny. Um, you there, Glenn? All right, we'll move on to the. Uh, let me see what's my marker. All right, I got my mark. Uh, we'll move on to the ump umps and the ref strike. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. What do you think of it, Zach? Uh, you know, I'm not really that worried about it. it it'll be interesting, but and it, it'll certainly change the. It'll certainly change the dynamic of the game. Um, but but the the truth be told is uh, there will be a lot of my gut feeling on this is there will be a lot of play about it you know uh, when they screw up and then when they don't screw up nobody's going to know the difference and when they screw up everyone's going to make a big deal about it like oh these replacement umpires are just terrible they're not nearly good as good as Ed Hockley or whatever you know whatever and you know meanwhile the, you know the regular refs and umps you know they, they, they make plenty of mistakes too so um, I'm not really worried about it um so it, it, and my 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 gut feeling is that it'll be 
I'll, I'll be hearing Joe Buck talk a lot about it when when the refs make a mistake, or 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 or, or, or uh, I'll hear Joe Buck just talk about it because he has nothing else worthwhile to really talk about. So um, I feel like that's gonna it, it, it'll be sort of a, a a faux issue than a real one. But that's me. That's my, that's my gut on it. Yeah, Sean. I expect. Um because as of like you know as of this recording, refs got a couple more weeks to get the stuff straightened out because their mistakes have been you know basically thrown out there uh, for the you know for the viewing public to see. They got a couple more weeks to straighten it out. But one thing I do think will happen if they stick with these refs, I think you're going to see coaches get get more calls. You know what I mean? To like just go in their you know to go in their favor or make up calls. Um, if if a ref if a series of refs have a bad a run of calls here, here, and here. Expect you know, I expect to see the refs to make up for it later, um, because some refs do that from time to even the good ones even do that from time to time. But I see that happening a little bit more this season with these refs that that are in, because it's going to take them a while to get accustomed to the flow of the game. It, it doesn't matter if they've had co- you know college experience, D one A experience. You still have to get used to the speed of the NFL. And and the reaction time. And the one thing I've noticed is that the reaction time on some of these refs is slow because they're trying to take it all in. And, you know, and how do you adjust to that so fast? You know, how do you adjust to that? So give them a few weeks, they might be able to work it out. But I don't know. I, you know, I, I just see there's going to be a lot of inconsistency. See, my, my, my thinking, though, is, and I don't disagree with you at all, but my thing is I, I, don't, think, I don't think the lay fan is going to know. I really don't. Uh, I mean, and if they do, it'll be because someone, you know, throws it in their face. I just, I, I, I don't think, and this sort of plays into what John was talking about too, or what, what you guys were talking about too. You know, like how the, it's you know, fantasy football has made more people, you know, aware of the game or watch more games. And I, I just think that there's a lot of folks out there that don't. They like football, but they don't know anything about it, and. Um, and I, for those people, I just I don't think that I don't think they're going to know or care. And I, I think if if they didn't know there was a referee strike, that they wouldn't know the difference. I can agree with you on that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying. I mean, I agree with you about about how it actually affects people that understand the game. I, I right. completely agree. But I just think in the grander scheme of things, you know, this will be forgotten once once it's resolved. People are like, oh yeah, remember that? Eh, not really. <laughs> you know, it's it's not like it's not like replacement players or something like that. You know, yeah. my only argument with that's going to be is that Chris Collinsworth will talk about it, and so will Joe Buck and Troy Aikman's concussion field head. <laughs> CBS probably won't talk about, it, but it'll be all ESPN will will probably move on to it being its new. Let's give twenty four hour a day coverage to it because Tim Tebow is whatever. So yeah. Yeah, that that that's that's sort of my gut on it too. But we'll see. I mean, it will impact the game, but I just think in in the grand scheme of things, it'll be forgotten before before you know it. It'll probably cost at least one team, a, one or two teams wins in the first couple of seasons. They say week three is probably when the refs will be back. Yeah, but I mean that. I mean that's the odds of that happening anyway. With the regular refs are are good too. You know, I mean, if officiating, you know, cost teams games all the time whether they're replacement refs or, or the regular guys mm-hmm. yeah. go in you there can you hear me now hello yes yeah i think your mic i think you need a ch- i think you need to get a refund on that mic <laughs> yes i agree <laughs> yeah 
Because yeah, last time, as soon as you were cut over to this, it worked perfectly fine. Uh, what do you think of the ref situation? I've, I've been listening to everything, and I pretty much agree. I, although, <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Something's going on with your audio card, dude. Yeah, I think I'm going to have Glenn come over here for the next recording or two. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I would co-sign on that, man. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, all right, we got to lay it down. Bet, first coach to get fired. Oh, Nor- um, go ahead, Zach. You go. North Turner. North? All right. Sean? You know, I would say North, but as long as Smith is the GM, they'll never fire North. Yeah. Um, because the thing is, both Smith and Smith and Turner have to go. Uh, they both have to go because that's the, that's the only way you're going to get rid of North Turner. You got to get rid of Smith, their general manager. Uh, um, didn't uh, didn't uh, Archie Manning once call uh, AJ Smith uh, the Lord of No Rings? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you know, because everybody always questions AJ Smith's GM ability. So. And the thing is, they've always had talent. They've always been able to get to a certain point. And now, you know, after last year's debacle, who knows what this team is capable of? I don't know what this team is capable of. Once again, Ryan Matthews has injury issues. Um, you know, who's going to be their standout wide receiver? Although Antonio Gates is healthy. Um, you know, uh, but who's going to be their receiver? Who, you know, they just supposedly, you know, Vincent Brown got hurt. And Philip Rivers is yet to make a rapport with Robert Meacham. So what's going to happen receiver-wise? Who's going to be the running back uh, in San Diego? Is it going to be Ronnie Brown filling, filling in for a while? What's going to happen there? There are all these question marks. And See, go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I, was, I stepped in. I, I, no, I, yeah, the question marks is a huge thing. You know who I think they're like? is I think they're, they are the AFC version of the Dallas Cowboys. They have, what, they have what should be a very talented team, but they, they can't do anything with it. And regardless of what coach is in, in this plugged in, it's, there's something wrong, like fundamentally wrong with the way that the teams are built, like where they just, they, they're just incapable of winning. And, uh, but yeah, I, yeah, you know, now that you mentioned the Smith thing, you're probably right. But yeah, there's just so many question marks there. And I, you know, I said that last year too, when I was on the the show with John, like, you know, like I just, I can't see San Diego doing anything. They'll, they'll kick it into gear late in the season, win a few games, make a playoff push, but they're not really going to, they're not going to win many playoff games. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't, I, I don't buy them. And I, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't like them. Yep. Glenn, what do you think? Uh, how about how about now? Sure. Uh, nope. Who do you think is going to be the first one to get fired? If the Chicago Bears go sideways, I think Lovey Smith could be fired. Sean just cried. Hmm. It is, I mean, but it's 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 true though. It is. Yeah. I mean, if they don't start off hot, or if they start hot and finish cold, Lovey's done. See, yeah, but that's the end of the season. I'm talking a mid-season firing. Oh, mid-season firing. Well, yeah. Well, the, the problem with the midseason firing, all the crappy teams from last year have new coaches. Yeah. That's why I think the first coach to be fired is going to be a tie between Leslie Frazier and Rex Ryan. And you took my, you took, you took my picks. <laughs> you can, okay. 
Which one do you want to go to explain why you think um, he's going to get fired? I, I, I would probably pick, um, and as much as I don't want to do this, I probably would pick Leslie Frazier for the simple fact that I don't know what Vikings management wants. And, and I think because of, at least on paper, or just from how they, you know their reactions to things as far as what they want, I think it also affects what the coaches do. But sometimes coaching-wise, I don't know what these coaches are doing. You have Percy Harvin. Yes, he's had like migraine issues and stuff like that. But seriously, he has never been hurt to the point where he doesn't want to be on the field. He always wants to be on the field. And and what do they constantly do? They pull him off the field. And that was supposedly one of the beefs that he was. You know, he was not going to come back to camp until they got a lot of things straightened out. And one of those things was getting him and keeping him on the field. And he's not saying give me the ball every down. He's saying, put me on the field because you put him on the field, that takes pressure off of Adrian Peterson. You take Percy Harvin off the field, everybody's concentrating on AP because nobody believes that Michael Jenkins can separate from anybody on the other, on the other side. You know, you look at the wide receivers with the exception of those rookies. Who's their best wide receiver? Percy Harvin. And, you know, the second best is Kyle Rudolph. They're, you know, they're tight end. But... You have to have Percy Harvin on the field. He makes things happen. But go look at the number of plays they let Percy Harvin actually be a part of last year. It is just ridiculous how low of a number it was. So because of decisions like that and Leslie, Leslie Frazier sticking with guys like offensive coordinator Bill Musgrave, that is going to end up hurting them. And I just and the thing is that team is in the toughest division, one of the toughest divisions in the NFL. How are you supposed to move up when the Bears are fighting, to, you know, are fighting for survival? The Lions, if they can get their act together off the field, will they play as hard on the field as they act off the field? And you have the Packers, who literally on a clip can score 80 points on you without even trying. The Vikings can't compete with any of that. They can't. They have no identity. None whatsoever. You know, yeah. The only thing they got is Adrian Peterson. They got the best running back in the NFL, and they can't win. So he, he used to be the best running back in the league, till he, especially since he blew out his knees. Not the best. Oh yeah, but he still he still hella good. He he still he still keeps defenses honest. That's the thing. It's not it's not like a situation where you know he, his knees jacked up and he's now like a running back that averages three point five yards a carry. It's not an Eddie George situation. Adrian Peterson <laughs> is still yet. Not, dude, I'm telling you, Adrian Peterson's got at least five or six years left in the tank. Easy. Yeah, weren't you the same one who said that same thing to me when uh, LDT left San Diego? It's a little different, man. You know what? That's for a couple reasons. For a couple. Re- for a couple reasons. <laughs> I think. I think in San Diego, the way that offense was set up, he could have lasted forever. Even though, like, they gave him like 500 touches a year his first like two or three years. Yo, yo, you know the season's over with, right? What's the plan? Yo, first down, give it to give it to the LT. What are we doing second down? Give it to LT. Hey, it's third and long. Just hand it off to LT. You know, but um, they, or throw to Gates. Or throw to Gates. <laughs> so, so you know, what can you do? But I think with Adrian Peterson, I just like the way, like I so said, when he, well, I'm sorry, when LT went to New York, it's a completely different offensive line, completely different setup, completely different system. So, and plus, was the desire there to continue playing? It, there are a lot of things that come into play, man. There are a lot of factors. So, but I, I really do think Peterson has a lot of years left in him. But as far as being the elite guy, the number one guy, no, he's not the number one. But he's he's still pretty damn close. Yeah, I'll let uh, I'll let Glenn weigh in. 
Uh, well, I, I, I agree with Minnesota, but the one thing I'll say about Rex Ryan is the Rex Ryan, when the, when it ends for him, it will end badly, no matter when that is. If it's this year, next year, whenever. He's not going to end. That, that, that marriage is not going to end well. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's Coughlin's Law from Cocktail. All things end badly, otherwise they wouldn't end. Hmm. Ain't that true? Yeah, that, that team is just, it's just a mess, man. I mean, I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's, it's an utter mess. It's they they have negative quarterback, crappy running backs, crappy wide receivers, a defense that can't really get a lot of pressure yet. But they, I mean, on the defense alone, they should be eight and eight. But they'll probably be four and twelve, six, six and ten. Although I do like Quentin Copels, that was a good draft pick. Uh, he's always had issues about motivation, but they apparently they're kicking his ass and getting motivation. But here's the thing, I mean it. If you ever wanted, this is one thing I do to look and see who's going to be fired. Look and see who would be the guy to be promoted to be the head coach. Tony Sperano, Matt Cavanaugh. That's who would take over for the Jets if they fire him. And then they would be fired after they would be let go after the season was over anyway. And would Tannenbaum be fired too? You know, I can see the thing is it's not just coaches anymore. They get the heave ho. You know, general managers get get the bounce, get the axe too. So I mean that could happen in Cleveland. Yeah. But the thing about that is if if Rex. Yeah. I think your computer hates you, Glenn. <laughs> Zach, what's your opinion? Uh, yeah, I I can see I can I I I think Rex Ryan's on the hot seat, but I don't think he's if. I think there's a good chance he loses his job, but I don't think that he loses it midseason. Uh, Leslie Frazier, on the other hand, I can totally see that. Um, it, it, I mean, he's he's just in a terrible position. It, it, it's, it's like Sean said. I mean, the team has no identity, and they've got they've got AP, but they somehow can't manage to win games with him. And um, they're in, as far as I'm concerned, the toughest division in the league. Uh, it's just, it, it, if he if he makes it through the season, he won't be there next season. He'll be he'll be replaced. Um, so yeah, I, I I can't argue with anything that Sean said. <laughs> it's it's it sounds about right to me. So um, I, I just can't imagine seeing Leslie Frazier in a Vikings hat at least by the end of the season. Uh oh, uh oh, they've got your favorite. They got one of your favorite offensive coordinators, Sean. Ooh, Bill. Musgrave. Oh, come on. Now, we already talked about Bill Musgrave. No, no. I can't no, you have not. Yes, I did. I said when I was talking about the Vikings, I said Bill yeah. Musgrave's their offensive I know, coordinator. And but I, I mean, said, yeah, he's the OC, but I mean, oh, oh, God, you know who the special assistant to the head coach is? Mike Singletary. Yes. God. They See, they're doomed. But but I'll tell you what, though. I mean, that's, I mean, I bet you that's who would take it over if uh, if Frazier gets, gets canned. Yeah. I see Singletary stabbing him in the back and trying to get it. I don't even think. I mean, he, he's got head coaching. Forget about whatever Singletary's motivations would be. The org, for the organization themselves, they've got somebody there who has got head coaching experience and is you know a perceived tough guy. And, and you know that's if if Frazier gets fired, that's my guess for who takes over. 
And look, I won't see anybody get fired. You no. know what I mean? I don't want to see anybody get fired. But if it ends up happening that way, even even if Frazier did get fired, which I hope doesn't happen, um, but the cards are not stacked in his favor, um, you got to look at it like this: the fans will want a big name coach next season. They they won't they won't have. They, I don't think they'll take another Leslie Frazier. They wouldn't take a Singletary. They wouldn't take. Uh, uh, you know the guy that was before Frazier. Um, you know um, they won't take that name. They will want a name. Period. And if this and if it's not a name coach, it better be somebody that's just hot. And and, and that's the only coach. Those only two coaches they're going to accept. Somebody with a big name that has a pedigree, or somebody that's so hot you just can't go wrong by hiring hiring. Them. But who would that be? That's my point. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, because Bill Cowher ain't coming out of retirement. Not for that job. No, 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 not for that no. job. And I mean, and, and what college coach right now would want to take an NFL job? What about yeah. Gruden? Gruden? Is he ever gonna Gruden ever gonna come back? Ooh, that's actually that's a good question. Um, I well, didn't, didn't he have like a big contract extension with uh, ESPN or something? Yeah, he's making about as much as he would make in, as an NFL head coach, just running that passing academy he has, which he'd have to give up in uh, Florida, and also his ESPN gig. I think he's making like two or three for his ESPN gig, and another couple off of his uh, passing academy. So it really isn't worth it financially for him to go to there. I mean, if he's going to ever be a head coach again, it'll probably be Miami. Because he wants GM responsibilities, and coaches should not be head coaches and GMs. That's Uh, a possibility, too. I think maybe the guy that you'll probably see being a hot coordinator, if he re... no, actually, I was gonna—I was about to say Josh McDaniel, but there's no way he's re- he'll rebuild his brand that quick. Uh, who, who's the OC? Uh, Kevin Gilbride again, maybe. Possibly, uh-huh. if they have a good season in New Orleans, you could see the OC there. Who's the head coach? Yeah, uh, uh, McMichael, or something like that. Uh, something or yeah. Carmichael, something. Carmichael, Carmichael, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenn, anybody hot to your knowledge other than uh, Gruden? Well, yeah, his name always seems to come up. Uh, what, what about a college coach that, that would do like a Nick Saban or somebody like that? I don't think he's going back to the NFL, but somebody like him. The 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 winning college cor- f- football uh, coach that wants to try the NFL again. Uh, other than Les Miles, I can't think of anybody that would do it. Yeah, same here. And the, and the whole thing is, I think even the NFL is skeptical of some college coaches because of what Nick Saban did. Uh, Nick Saban leaves, takes the Dolphins' job, and then you know gets that you know deal of a lifetime with Alabama. He's like, oh, I'm out. And I think a lot of a lot of NFL teams are real skeptical of some college coaches because well, of that. Maybe. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, let's see what was next on the list. Uh, all right, we'll move over to surprise teams. What team do you expect, or teams, uh, Glenn? Do you expect to be the crater bomb? Just 
team that will just have a bad season unexpectedly. Uh, didn't we all last year pick the Chiefs or the uh, Colts last year, Zach? I picked the Colts, I think. Yeah, I think I did too. <laughs> yeah. Glenn, who do you think is going to be that one of those two? Be the uh, crater bomb? I don't know how bad get their quarterback together could turn bad. Which team? You faded out. Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. 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 So you, you're thinking center, they could be awful, and I, I'm yeah. for some reason thinking awful. And the other yeah. one, the the drama that is the New York Jets. I think that's just. I think at some point that's just going to completely implode. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's going to be bad. But uh, Zach, uh, who's going to be your crater bomb? Uh, Dallas. Oh, I would. I, do they are they a crater bomb or are they? I just don't see it. Uh, I think I they're supposed to be good. I think they're going to be terrible. Um, okay. they'll they'll win games, but uh, if the, I will be surprised if they make the playoffs. Um, I, I just nah. I I I don't I don't think they're a good team. I really don't. And I, I think I think Tony Romo is an awful quarterback. I think he is. I think he is awful. So um. So I, I yeah, I, I, th- I think they're going to stick it up. They're not going to bottom out that division. Washington's going to lose that division, but uh, Dallas, <laughs> but Dallas isn't going to make the playoffs. The problem, the problem with Romo is he's just good enough to break your heart. I, you, you know, those glimpses of, of of goodness, but then you know there's going to be at that crucial moment he's going to screw it up. See, but for me though, as someone who hates the Cowboys anyway, uh, it's not really a break your heart. It's here we go. It's coming. I know it's going to happen, and I get and I get this like this wide, you know, sort of Cheshire Cat grin on my face, and I just wait for that fourth or fifth fumble or interception. I'm like, yes, do it, do it again. So, uh, but no, I I just they're 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 not going to play well this season. They've got they've got a lot of problems. Um, I don't know who's going to run the ball for them. Um, who are they going to throw the ball to? Well, Des Bryant's you know not beating up his mom with a hat, and um, so. <laughs> You know, like, I just, I, I, I think they're a terrible team. Before I ask uh, Sean his crater bomb, I, would we all just agree that the perfect team to hate would be the Dallas Cowboys with Tim Tebow at quarterback? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Sean, what's going to be your crater bomb? My crater bomb is also Zach's pick, the Cowboys, uh, for this one reason alone. Um, name me one team defensively coached by Rob Ryan that's made the playoffs. Yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's, it's, I'm serious. Go and look. Go look at the teams he's coached defensively. I don't, I don't care where. Excuse me. I don't care where they've ranked defensively. Have they made the playoffs? No. And if they had, maybe one time. But I don't see it. I just don't. Um, so that's my crater bomb. My crater bomb is the Cowboys. They have one of the better running backs in the NFL with DeMarco Murray. Um, you know, and Miles Austin, if he stays healthy, he's good. Jason Witten, uh, you know, he may not be playing for a while. So after that hit he took against the Raiders in the preseason. Yeah, he's got a weird, like, kidney injury, injury yeah. or spleen injury or something like that. Yeah, spleen, yeah. spleen injury. So he better known be- as a Chris Sims. Ooh. Also, if you look at the Cowboys' schedule, they've got a pretty rough schedule. Yeah, yeah. So th- that's so. Yeah, that's. I go with the Cowboys too. 
Okay, uh, mine I'm going to go a little differently. My crater bomb is going to be... And it, it tears my heart to say this. It, it hurts me in a place I don't want to even think about. Atlanta. I think wow. Atlanta... And Atlanta's my team. I But I think that team has no running game, no third receiver... Tony Gonzalez is old. It's a little young. I think they're going to start off. I, if I think they could crater bomb real easily, I think they could. Everybody's saying they'll be nine and seven, ten and six, eleven and five. I think they could easily go four and twelve. And that's with their great wide receivers. I think they could go four and twelve. Because I mean, it'd be too easy for me to say Arizona. Be, but I mean, you're talking a team I think is the worst team in the league overall. That's going to be Arizona, but I just think my my Falcons could unexpectedly crater bomb because I, mean, I just think unexpectedly they could go crater bomb. Yeah. Let's see. Next up on the list would be the shooting star, basically the team we don't expect to do sh- shit that actually does well, and I will lead off on that for the first time tonight, and that will honestly be. And you'll crack up when I say this. I think it's going to be Cleveland. I think everybody's expecting them to go five and eleven, and I could see them going nine and seven and con- being better than Cincinnati. And I could see them actually contending for a playoff spot. That's a bold statement, sir. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the heat's on Cleveland right now. I mean, it is on them hard. They just got a new owner. New owner to ask Mike Holmgren is uh, Brandon. Can Brandon Whedon play? To which Holmgren said, yeah, he can play. And guess what? He's playing. Um, you know, is Trent Richardson going to be ready to go? What's the receiver core status like? Defensively, improved. Yeah, it's improved, but but by how much? You know what they I mean? Got rid of, they got rid of your grandpa, Algie Crumpler, finally. Oh, <laughs> that's wrong. Um, but but defensively, they're, they're not bad defensively, but you can't have the defense on the field 28 minutes a game. So, actually, you want them on the field twenty-eight minutes. You don't want them on the field thirty-eight minutes. Because <laughs> they're on the field twenty-eight, you got the ball thirty-two. Oh, it is. I'm sorry. That's right. My bad. My bad. <laughs> I always, for some reason, I was thinking forty minutes to sit sixty. But you seriously, the, the Cleveland defense was out on the field way too much. You got to oh, yeah. keep them off the field. And can the offense keep the defense off the field and give them a time to rest? So, I mean, that's that's the key. Can they do it? I could see them having a Tampa Bay two years ago season easily. Okay. Anybody? Thought, uh, let's see. Glenn, what's the team you think is going to be the shooting star? I've got a couple. Um, the Carolina Panthers, just because I think Cam Newton could step up and at least contend for a playoff spot. And the other one I have is Jacksonville. Really? You're drinking that Kool-Aid because I've been hearing decent things from that team, but they're going to need MJD to come back. Right. Well, and I think I think if the if the defense can stay consistent, at least they can. They they're not going to have to out outscore teams. And I think I don't know about playoffs, but I think they could be in that eight and eight area, and at least be in the conversation late in the season for a playoff spot. Yeah, with Blaine Gabbert, they're not going to they're not going to be involved in shootouts except their own foot. Right. No, if they win.
Zach, what do you think of his choices? Hello? Hello? Oh, yeah, Jacksonville. I don't, I don't, I don't buy Jacksonville. Uh, I just... I don't know. I just, I just don't see it. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't... I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to envision a scenario where I, where Jacksonville wins a lot of games, and I just am not. I'm struggling. I can't do it. They've got. They've got. They've got too many people not there playing, and their young team, and I it's just a bad division. Yeah, yeah, the bad division. Yeah, that's true. But you know, I just I can't imagine them getting real far. Uh, I think they'll be fun to watch. I think they'll win some games, but. I, I just I can't I can't see it. They got terrible wide receivers. Yeah, there's no yeah, there's no receiving core. Um, you know, I, I don't think Gabbert's awful. You know, but you know I, I do. I, 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 I don't think he has anybody to throw the ball to. Uh, but you know, I, I just I can't imagine a scenario where they win a lot of games. Uh, Sean, we know your opinion on Blaine Gabbert. Oh yeah, yeah, you know mine. Um, <laughs> no, uh, let's see. So as far as shooting star teams go, uh, you know what? I'm really trying to think about one right now, and I'm not really sure. Uh, All right, then I'll I'll toss it over go, to go, Zach while you think about it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I Zach- th- I think if Oakland can stay healthy and uh, Carson Palmer can manage to show up, I think Oakland's going to play well. I don't think they're going to. Wi- I don't know that they're going to win that division, but I think they're going to play well, and I think they will probably finish second in that division. Um, I love the running game there, and I think they've got some talent at wide receiver. Um, I, if they can get their act together at the quarterback position, then I think they're going to. I think they're going to do a good job. I think they're going to play well, and I think I think they're going to be um, because that division is generally weak. Um, I, I think they're going to do okay. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. The, the, they've got to keep that running game healthy, and they need yeah. a, their depth is their con- downside. Yeah, exactly. They have no depth, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's my caveat. If they if they stay healthy, uh, if they stay healthy and and uh, Palmer plays okay, I think they're going to be a good team. Um, you know what? I'm just going to say this is actually a pretty easy one because they can't be any worse than they were last year. The Colts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. at least at least seven wins. At least, I mean, they you know they're trying to you know shuffle up that lineup. You got you got Andrew Luck in right now. Uh, he looked good his first preseason, preseason game, but it's the preseason. Yeah, yeah. So it, you can't count it for much. They still need to find a true running back. That's something that they haven't had in ages, probably since uh, you know the end of Ed, uh, Edger and James. They haven't had a true running back um, there. Yeah, Joseph Adai had spurts, but he was never a full time back. For them, um, they need it. They need a committed running back. They have wide receivers. They have a great two tight end set. You know, I'm curious to see how their defense is going to play out this year. But uh, they could definitely do a lot better this year. So I'll, I'll say the Colts. Yeah, I mean the Kool Aid from ESPN is that they're going to be six and ten. Yeah. But uh, all right, we're going to go with the I just don't see it. Now I just don't see it as a little different from Crater Bomb. Because it's not a team that you think that everybody's saying 10 wins, 9 wins, you think will win like 3 or 4. This is a team that 8 and 8, 9 and 7, kind of like how the Texans were for years. But you you look at them and you go, no, that's a 6-win team or a 5-win team. Uh, uh, Sean, who do you think is going to be in that range? Buffalo Bills. I, I just don't see it. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, defensively, they look good on paper. But I know that like I give I give this dude a lot of shit. 
and he, he's doing something that I can't do, and that's playing the NFL. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a winner. He's not. I'm sorry. He, he's not. He's, he's a real good dude. He's got a good heart, and he is a solid backup quarterback. That dude is not a legitimate 16-game starter. They gave him 16 games last year, and they said, oh, he had rib problems toward the end of the year, which affected his game. And a lot of quarterbacks that have injuries over the over the span of a season that affect their game, and they still play their asses off regardless. I mean, even a dude that everybody gives shit, Tony Romo, came in and wore a freaking flak jacket at the end of the year and still played. Yeah, the team didn't go to playoffs, but at least he still played you know, decently. Um I, I honestly don't see it. They have running backs. The, the raw receiver game, you know, Stevie Johnson's pretty good. They got a decent tight end, but you can't. I'm sorry, it, it, and I hope he proves me wrong. But you can't. You can't be a winning franchise with Ryan Fitzpatrick as your starting quarterback. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, that would actually be my pick too. And I really want him to do well, and I want the Bills to do well. But I just, I can't see it. I just yeah. I, I I I don't see them doing better than nine and seven, eight and eight. Yeah. I, I just yeah. I think it's cool. a fan, I think it's a fantasy world to go up to go otherwise. Glenn, who do you think? Uh, I'm going to say the Bears. Really? You think they're going to only be about a six seven win team? Well, I, I think I think they have the potential, but I think if once again if Cutler gets hurt, they've, their their margin for error is really small. They could, they could, they. It seems like they could go from playoff contender to just having a horrible season. Is is really? Uh, then you're having to rely on the defense that's not as good as it's been in past years. And it's just, I, I think that I, if, you're, if you're depending on, I just, I don't see it. I think they're going to have some problems, and they're also in a fairly tough division. I think they're the team, the one team they're really better than than is Minnesota. But Detroit is debatable, and Green Bay is obviously better than they are. What say you, John? Mike, uh, much like uh, Mr. Cruzy, I hit my mic uh, thing. I thought I was talking. Uh, it's Kansas City. And it's quarterback play because Jamal Charles, yeah, 15 touches a game is all they got when he had his great season. They've got Peyton Hillis who's motivated and his old OC is there. But they still only have Dwayne Bowe and what at wide receiver? And their defense is good, but it's not great. And and their quarterback is, uh, oh yeah, what's his name? Oh yeah, Matt Castle? Come on. And... I'm sorry. They've got the new Art Shell at head coach. Are you talking about Romeo Cornell? Yeah. The man who looks like a living member of the Dog Pound from uh, when he was in Cleveland. Aww. He looked like he should be over there. He looks like a... You know You know how you like when you go to the... Uh, back in the 80s and early 90s when you would go to the convenience store and you'd see that... Uh, the Bloodhound or whatever that they had up there that was to donate money... For the mm-hmm. Humane Society, he looks yeah. like a living version of that. Those jowls are huge on him. <laughs> yeah, but I just think they're at best a five, a six win, t- seven win team at most. And everybody's saying, "Oh, they'll be nine and ten. They could win the division." No, you won't. Yeah, but uh, another team I think we can all agree that we haven't mentioned is that I just don't see a team is Denver. 
it's it's shaky, man. It, you know, I mean, it's the preseason, so you never know what you're going to get. But you know, but Peyton Manning isn't really well known for having great preseasons. <sighs> yeah, but that team still. It, it, don't I, I, I? One more time, Glenn. I, I'm picking Denver to win this division, but I don't. I don't know who. If it's not Denver, who's going to win that division? I think they almost win by default just because the other teams, there's not one strong, that team is awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that in just a sec because next up would be the playoff teams. And Zach, who, who, who do you have winning your divisions and making and also being the wild cards? Uh, boy, okay. So division winners, uh, Green Bay in the NFC North. Um, NFC East is probably going. You know, I I don't think it's going to be the Giants. Uh, I, I think it could be. I think it it could be the Giants. But if the Eagles get their act together on defense, then it should be the Eagles. They they on paper they're the better team. Um, and uh, let's see, what am I missing? NFC South, New or- uh, well, yeah, New Orleans should even even with the coaching situation there, but. You know the Bucks aren't going to win it. Um, I don't. I I don't think Atlanta's going to be as bad as you might, as you think they might be. But I don't, Atlanta's not going to win that division. So um, New Orleans there. Uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, NFC. Oh, NFC West. That, that's San Francisco's division. There's no question about that. So there's the four. Uh, as far as the uh, wild cards go, I think they're probably both going to come from the from the NFC North. Um, I think it'll probably be it'll probably be Chicago and Detroit fighting for them. Uh, if one of those two teams doesn't get it, then I don't know who else is good enough to play in the playoffs in the NFC. Uh, maybe the I mean maybe one come, maybe an extra one comes out of the East. Um, you know, so maybe Chicago and and New York or something like that. But um, you know, I, there's really only three teams in contention for those wild card spots, and I think that's Chicago, Detroit, and and uh, the Giants. I don't think anybody else has has a hope in hell to make it. Um, AFC wise, AFC East, uh, the Pats are going to walk away with that division. Uh, AFC North. If the the AFC North is an interesting one because I think if the if the Steelers are healthy, which it doesn't really appear that they are, uh, if the Steelers are healthy, I think the Steelers win that division. If they're not healthy, then the Ravens win it. Um, AFC South, uh, that's that's Houston's division to lose, and AFC West I think is going to be uh, an interesting one too. I think I don't know that Denver wins it by default, but I, you know, I, I just, I, I, I think Denver's probably, oddly enough, the best team in that division. So I, I think Denver wins that. Um, wild card wise in the AFC, oh man, I don't even know who's who's good enough to do it there. It, you know, the AF, in the AFC East, the Jets are terrible, the Dolphins are terrible, uh, the the Bills are terrible. So none of those guys are making it. The AFC South. Mm, the Colts aren't going to do it. Uh, you know, I just it, it, it's it's gonna, it's going to it's going to be like a weird team. It's going to be a couple of weird teams that probably shouldn't be there. It'll end up being like the Chiefs and Oakland, or 
you know, just something completely screwy and off the wall. I, I don't, I don't think the wild card teams uh, in the AFC are going to be anything that anybody's like. Oh yeah, they definitely deserve to be there. They're a great team. No, it's it's going to be a stumble into it. Nine and a couple of nine and sevens, maybe an eight and eight, um, and that, that's that's about it. All right, mine NFC. I'm going to go with Philly, Green Bay, Nolens. And uh, San Fran to win the divisions, much like you, Dallas, Chicago to. I actually have Dallas, which I know you, no one else here will probably have, winning the wild card over the Giants, and uh, Chicago being the other wild card. Yeah. AFC: New England, Pittsburgh, Houston, Oakland, Baltimore being the other wild card, and either Tennessee or. Buffalo being the other wild card. Hmm. I I have more faith in Buffalo and Dallas than you guys do. Hmm. It's probably misplaced. It's more than likely misplaced, but I think we'll find t- out. I think Tennessee's an interesting choice. Yeah. Glenn, uh, who do you think is going to make the playoffs? Um, I've got New England, Baltimore, Houston, and Denver. And I think I think it's Baltimore, Pittsburgh, whoever wins is... One of them's going to win. One of them's going to be a, a wild card, and uh, I think you've got like a whole bunch of teams fighting for the other wild card. I'm saying Tennessee or possibly the Chiefs. Um, in the NFC, I've got the Giants, Packers, Saints, and 49ers, and then Chicago, Detroit, and Philadelphia fighting for the wild card. Those are good choices. I can see all that. Uh, Sean? All right. Um, in the AFC, I have the division winners being the uh, Patriots, the Ravens, the uh, Texans, and the Broncos, with the wild card teams being the uh, Raiders and the Steelers. In the NFC, in the NFC, I have uh, the Eagles, Green Bay, um, let's see here, San Francisco uh, being division winners with Chicago and Detroit being wild cards, the only thing I can't make up my mind about is the NFC South um, because New Orleans has a lot of issues on defense, a lot of co- you know, plus a lot of coaching switches. The offense will still be able to put points, but there's no definitive running game in New Orleans. I don't know what Tampa Bay team's showing up, uh, and Carolina could be awesome. Um, and then uh, what's the other team in the South? Uh, Atlanta. I don't know what they're going to do. So I just I threw in Carolina as actually the uh, division winner for the NFC South. So, uh, so yeah, those are my teams. Yeah, I was thinking that early, but considering how us against the world New Orleans is in right now, yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. Uh, ultimately, it comes down to one thing and one thing only. Who do you have winning the? Who do you have being in the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl, Glenn? Um, I've got uh, Patriots beating the Ravens in the AFC and 49ers beating the Packers in the NFC, and then the Packers beating the Patriots. All right, Zach. Zach. Uh, yeah, I'm here. NFC Championship game is uh, 49ers and the Packers. Um, I think if it's at Lambeau, the Packers win. I think if it's in San Francisco, I think the Packers uh, maybe win by a field goal. So the Packers go for the NFC. Um, and uh, for as far as the AFC goes, you know, I I don't think that there's a strong team 
Um, so it's my my personal opinion is it's going to be probably it's going to be Baltimore and um, Baltimore in New England playing uh, in in the AFC Championship game. I think Baltimore is not better at quarterback, but I think they're uh, a more balanced team. Uh, and uh, I think Baltimore goes and then gets beat by the Packers because of inferior quarterback play from Baltimore. Sean? Um, I have an AFC championship game, Baltimore versus Houston, um, with uh, with Baltimore pulling off the victory. Um, and then on the NFC, I have San Francisco versus... Uh, Green Bay in the uh, championship game with San Francisco winning and San Francisco uh, destroying Baltimore. It's because you don't like Ray Lewis. No, I don't have no issues with Ray Lewis, man. That that dude is scary. Um, <laughs> no, you, you like Ray. You ain't yeah, gonna say anything to Ray. I ain't gonna face. say nothing about Ray. Ray can come through like the internet and like choke all of us. So <laughs> I'm not saying anything about Ray. Ray. Yeah. <laughs> My only concern about Baltimore is um, Terrell Suggs being out for the season. So. But they yeah. always find a way defensively. They always find they they always like just can just shift in a guy and they make it work. Yep. Um, I have Green Bay, San Fran, and the NFC a, uh, with uh, San Fran winning because I think that San Fran will get the uh, one seed and they'll host that game. AFC, New England hosting Houston. And I see New England winning that. And then I see New England just beating the ever-living snot out of San Francisco in the Superdome for the title. If that was anywhere but the Superdome, I would say New England probably wouldn't win. But that's on turf, and that's where I think the difference will be. Uh, Well, the last thing on the list we've got here tonight is miscellaneous. So we'll just hold that down to... What are what's something you're looking forward to for this upcoming NFL season? Would it be be it a team doing poorly, a player performing well that you haven't mentioned already, uh, Glenn? Oh goodness. Uh, I'm, I I guess I'll, I'll just I'll, since it, we, we talked about New Orleans a little bit, but I'm going to see how Breeze does without without um, Peyton as the head coach. Uh, I, I think I think he still has a, a chance to have a phenomenal season, but we'll just see how the Saints do in general. Yeah, uh, uh, Sean, I'm I really want to see um, I really want to see um, Griffin the third, Robert Griffin the third play this year. I really do. I the Redskins finally did something that I thought they would never do when they got a quarterback that they supposedly wanted. They modified the offense around him. And they also gave them, they surrounded them with a little bit more talent, both in the backfield and receiver-wise. I want to see what what he can do. And I know he's going to make mistakes, but I just I love I love his work ethic, and I love his ability. And he you know he's just one of the good dudes. So I want to see how, I want to see how he does. That's the thing. Um, that's my miscellaneous. I'm I'm going to keep an eye on uh, Robert Griffin the third. Okay. Uh, Mr. Cruzy? Yeah. Ordinarily, mine would be what, exactly what Sean said, but since uh, we have a, a no repeat uh, <laughs> rule here, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that I, I'm most, uh, most looking forward to is just 
kind of honestly just watching what happens in the AFC West um, because I think that division is just so bizarre uh, in that there are teams that should be good but are terrible and teams that are terrible but somehow manage to win games that they have no business winning. And I just think it's just such a, a delightfully strange place. Um, I like watching games out of there. So I, I, I'm uh, I'm all ears when it comes to the AFC West. Uh, I, w- I want to know what's going on. I would kind of I'm looking forward to seeing how Peyton performs uh, post injury. Uh, I want to see what happens in Oakland. Um, I want to see the Chargers collapse again. Uh, and I'm curious to see what happens. I'm just really curious about Kansas City because I, I don't think Matt Castle's the guy, but somehow they win games that they they shouldn't. So um, so I, that's that's the division I'm most looking forward to watching. Yeah. You actually stole what I was going to say because I'm really wanting to look at uh, see how well Denver th- does this year. But since, as you mentioned, we have the no repeats, uh, I'm going to say the situation with the Jets. Just how bad that's going to get by week six or seven. Because as I pointed out to uh, Sean, they've got a run there where Sanchez is going to get, he's going to lose the job early. I mean, uh, what was it I pointed out to you, Sean? It's like he, they, uh, let me look at their schedule real quick. Let me pull it up. They have in a row from week four to their bye week in week nine, San Francisco, Houston, Indy, New England, and Miami at home. And they, and right before that, and I mean, their opening is they're at Buffalo. They have Buffalo at home, at Pittsburgh, at Miami, home with San Fran, home with Houston, home with Indy, at the Belichicks and against Miami at home. Their Sanchez will probably not make it to the bye. I mean, he'll either be yanked after the New England game or he'll be yanked after the Houston game. Because that Houston game is an 8.30 ESPN game. I see them, if he plays poorly against Houston, which is very likely, he's going to get yanked for uh, the Tebow. So, and then when Tebow, let's say Tebow comes back up, is the starter after week eight. They then play Seattle and St. Louis and back to back week. So he'll get the, Tebow won the game, Tebow won the game. And then they play the Belichicks. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to the debacle that is the New York Jets. Yeah. Cool. Any, uh, anyone have anything else to add? Zach, Glenn, Sean? I'm good, brother. Yep. yep, Sean? Yep, I, I have said all I can say. Uh, go watch some football. Yep, yep. Cool. I will. Uh, Glenn, you have anything to add? I think, I think the one thing I would say is last year you had a several good teams, several bad teams, and a whole lot in the middle. And for some reason, I think this is going to be kind of the same thing. There's going to be a whole lot of 7 and 9 to 9 and 7 type teams. And. In the, and they're kind of stuck in the middle. And the, the, when you get down to the end for the playoffs, it's, there's going to be a lot of teams in contention for that last playoff spot. 